Every time I press record, I'm just like, uh, I hope this is set up right. Wait, this is, I think, Rudy's. I mean, okay, guys, this is the Learning to Lose podcast, where we start the podcast just talking amongst ourselves. I don't think my mic is on. Oh, it is. Is it? Um, but your volumes, we have, dude, okay, so we have, okay, so our last podcast was so good that we have, um him on again you forgot my name though sam sam, <laughs> sam fucking uh i forget the hold on that is the middle is fucking <laughs> scott no I, it's, yeah it's the oh, rat yeah, it's right. like the sam gr- it's like scott. sam motherfucking scott well i actually i think i would have um i it's probably got a nice ring to it would, no, it's not even my there, there was a meme that went out that was like can you imagine if everyone's middle name was motherfucking? It'd be so cool. <laughs> I would <laughs> motherfucking Ridge. <laughs> I would have remembered it, um, but I was preoccupied with this technical shit. Which, by the way, Wickham, this should be up here. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, God, I am like, I'm loving this like organization and this order. I love this meeting now that it has order again. And I love the fact that like being in a house like this, it's like that OCD order shit is very, it's like helpful. Cause yeah. I go home, I mean, when we were setting it up at my house, it was like, you know how I felt? I just felt so, it was like, you know, we had to clean it up and putting it away and just moving it. And it's like, it was, it felt unorderly and the house was not clean. I don't know. I just, when I go home, I feel like, why is the counter why are the countertops not perfectly clean you know why why is the dishes not all the way done like but when i come here it's like that shit is like gotta be perfect and it's just nice well it's amazing that it is well it has to be oh because yeah okay it's just it's, 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 it's a structure no because it's a structured sober living where people are required to keep everything clean or else they're getting words Nobody wants words. I mean, not really, no. So what's going on? Why are you stressed? Is technical shit still? (sighs) It's gotten so crazy that I feel like this is the first time that I'm like, I can't even talk about it. Oh, wow. Because we're dealing with a real business bunch of money that's been invested oh you can't talk about it for that reason yeah not the, oh. no, no no i just i can't really explain what i'm dealing with right now but i don't really think it matters because we just did this meeting and everything's supposed to turn out the way it's supposed to turn out and if there's some stuff that happens that i don't want to happen it was supposed to happen. Wickham, is his headphones like, is there not any slack on his headphones? What's going on there? Mm. Like, what's happening over there? I was just going to get up and try to figure it out, but. I don't need to move any further away, so we're, we're good. Yeah, that's just like. Nah, should have just put it on. It's like all like, wow. It's like all the way around here, and it should just be. How you doing? I'm good. So this is what I was thinking when you were talking is that um, we talked last week about you asked me if I'm like if if structure and routine are a big thing for me. And and I remember my response being that 
structure and you know within the confines of structure and routine i can i can play right 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 all of my creativity and play only exists or flourishes in the in the face of or within the confines of structure and routine and we've placed that same structure and routine to the meeting and found all the play like everybody (laughs) was able to like play within the construct of like here's how this is going to go it's not going to be a (laughs) free-for-all it's not going to be three people dominating conversation and as a result it wasn't like you know it was a it was a much more um it was still a discussion but without this sense of like if i want to say something i gotta so so you felt it was better yeah i just felt like it was um it was a safer space for everyone to to talk as opposed to just last week I, i loved last week but it was also the you know the shock of the new like i was in a meeting for the first time in a year and and i loved hearing everything that i heard but i was also very aware that a lot of the people in the room weren't saying anything because three people were yeah so now we have those three people being aware being forced to be more aware and and one of the one of our one of our girls in the house shared and and then had an anxiety attack right afterwards and went upstairs which i think is a good thing because she's walking through those fears you know and dealing with yeah i mean she's fine she just was critiquing what she said and she's afraid of people and what they think and oh yeah that's and, and so then, far behind me but yeah i remember then, i used to be terrified and then she drank a bunch of coffee and but how cool is that that we have an opportunity to provide like what the what a meeting would provide for somebody because mm. i think getting up and sharing is a part of the magic of how what how AA works like it's t- it was terrifying to me. I would almost have panic attacks walking to the podium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like, you have to get up, I'd be just like a robot. Okay, like I'm anybody, going to the podium. Yeah. Like anybody gives a shit. Nobody does, but it took about <laughs> 10,000 shares for me to not care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I'll say though is that, like I came here the other night and you guys had had a, a group that I thought was magical and and um you know the the, oh. the client that you're talking about was he, in day one he came to our group oh really i'm telling you bro it's 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 pretty cool do we just sit in or do we have influence i wa- no, we just witness no but no but i would like for people who have sober time and experience to be able to weigh in and be like yo man i get what you're going through this is what happened with me and I and I feel like I mean look we're not therapists but it's sort of like a meeting it's like a it's an AA it's really a meeting it's like a house meeting where people are talking about Yeah but it, what what it what it was what I witnessed was what I was desperate for when I not just when I was new I was desperate for it for the first 29 years of my life which is to say like I was completely lost I was completely all over the place I had every problem that was being shared up in that meeting of like yeah. someone else paying for my phone and I'm now intrinsically bound to them forever uh-huh. and all this unmanageability and crazy and all anyone did was say what the hell are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I need an actual adult to tell me what to do. But none of the people I was raised by had any clue. And what I watched in that room was a bunch of people who've been down this road, who've done the sober thing for a while, say, okay, here's how we're going um, to shake out the duvet that is your life and make the bed. And here's the key, and this is the point. I left that meeting feeling... You know, like I really witnessed something magical. And I got here tonight and 
everyone was in the kitchen doing their chores. It, one of them was singing. The kitchen was sparkling. <sighs> the girl who had 45 minutes sober was like smiling at me, asking me how my day was. Uh, I was just like, look at what 48 hours can do to a group of people. But like, you know, that's what's happening here. Like, yeah. this is, there is a thing happening here. People are, yeah. you know, most of the treatment centers in sober livings I've ever, ever been anywhere near is the, there's only two questions. Have you paid your bill? And you know, that's actually the only question. I mean, bro. Have you paid your bill? That's right, because you, you work in that industry, or you did work in I that. did for a long time, and, and uh, you know, no one's on you about, you know, there's a claim, that, you know, there's this sort of expectation of you to fulfill certain things, but the reality is people are walking around like one flew over the cuckoo's nest in their pajama slippers and vaping themselves to death, and no one's... All of that's fine if you're being, as you say, confronted and challenged to look at where you are, get real about where that is so that you can move through it so that you don't leave treatment or sober living or whatever and just fall because you've been given none of the tools to stand by yourself. Mm. You've just been given a place to wear pajamas for three months. Then you're going to walk outside and be like, I don't know how to dress. You know, and what you guys did the other night was say, here's how, here's, here's a little bit of the map out. You know, and I had a chat with one of them who said, you know, it was it was really difficult, but like, you know, being confronted and challenged in Thank that way. So but much. ultimately, if I don't want to leave here in the state that I arrived, then it, that's exactly what I need. Like, yeah. this is newcomers admitting, like, this is what I need. Change is mandatory. Yeah, and you know, there's like a personal aspect here too. Like, you getting love from the, well, not the bosses, but whatever the people in charge, like, you authority actually have figures. a relationship with yeah. the authority, yeah. Well, well, right now we don't have a lot of people in the house. Actually, to, to your point of asking for the bill, one of the guys in the house just barely paid today, and he's been here for a week. And I wouldn't have. I don't. I mean, listen. I don't. I want him to stay. And and I think we're just gonna have to figure it out unless a week late's not bad. Yeah, but it was it was really like chasing. It was like getting to the point where we were like, dude, there was talk about like kicking him out, but it was like that's the last thing I think for us unless we're full and there's a waiting list right. to get in. So I guess I'm not that um, holier than thou because we have empty beds and the structure works better with more people. So he's also but the but the point aside from the the payment, which I understand is a separate issue, but like the point it runs through the meeting, runs through the house, which is within the confines of structure, you can play. Hmm. Like well, you've given them all a structure, and and I walk in and I watch a group of people playing. Even structure. by the way, while they clean yeah. the fucking kitchen, and they're happier. I yeah. saw Rudy like shining the stove, and I lived with Rudy. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Something's happened here. <laughs> Dude, it's a fucking it's a magical thing when you can I don't know, when it works. This kind of thing. Well, I think the point and the point from the meeting and the point you're making here is structure is freedom. Because yeah. chaos takes up all your mind energy. So, you can't so, be creative because you're scattered. So but that's when you, the title of the podcast, by the way. Kai. Structure is freedom. Structure is freedom, or at least a clip. There's a there's a great book by. Uh, I mean, the title of this episode. We episode each episode has like a different t title, 
And right. what a great title. <laughs> and the last one, the last clip was what? Perfection is the death of anything good. That that perfectionism is, yeah. But the, I think like the that. last episode was titled uh, Channeling the Divine. Mm. But perfection is the death of good. Is It was a was a clip from it. Right. Um, damn it, I was going to say something. But wait, what did you think of the episode? I couldn't believe how different I sound to how I think I sound. Really? I oh, like, you already dropped it or just a clip? No, he will, he listened to the whole episode. I think it was out the next day. Oh. Um, well, you were saying you read a book. Oh, so got D, you, bro. D. H. Lawrence has a has a book in in the in the. Um, he talks about the fact that men who men who cry out shouts of freedom are actually rattling their chains, like. It is, it's, it's men who believe that they are free who are the most lost. And that in, in, in the ability to do whatever you want, that is in and of itself a prison. That total freedom that we all think we want. You know, like this is probably not a great example, but you know those days off where you're like, I'm not going to go to work today. I just can't do it. I'm hungover or I'm not feeling great or I don't really feel like it. So I'm just going to stay in bed. And about an hour later, you're like, I just want to go to work. I'm so bored out of my skull. I'm watching bad TV. I'm sweaty. I'm on the couch. I thought this was all I wanted was just to lounge around my home all day. And now I just hate myself. And all I really want is to go and connect with my peers in an office having showered in clean clothes. <sighs> These are hard lessons. It speaks to the politic political climate right now, too. And I learned from Jordan Peterson that responsibility is not happiness but yeah. it's it's it is it is happiness yeah the more responsibility you take on the more of a complete person and satisfied you're gonna feel well because you know responsibility and purpose are ultimately you know cousins if not the same oh, thing yeah and it gives you purpose pur yeah, without, yeah yeah purpose that's what purpose, it is. that's what he we, says I mean, in my in my experience, and I don't want to get into a thing about mental health, but like, it's purpose or depression. Like, wow, those are your choices. But like, do you yeah. think that some people need like a uh, more purpose? I don't know. I think I need more. Like, I think what would normally. I don't know. Maybe I just like think no, of think like some of my like, friends and you some. A, like, you ever heard that thing about if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. Mm. Like you, once you find a purpose, you crave it because you found like it, you know, they, they talk about when you get sober, the path gets narrow and that sounds shit to any newcomer. That's just like, I want a big expansive life, but it's like the path doesn't get narrow. It just gets super clear. And when the path is clear, you want to run down that path because you now previous to sobriety or enlightenment of any kind, you're running all over the place like a pinball trying to find purpose. Then you find purpose. The path gets clear. And as you say, it's not that you want more purpose. It's that you want to just finally having found that path, you want to run down it instead of, you know, you don't want to amble. You don't want to drag yourself. You want to absolutely sprint it. I think also the other thing is when I got sober, I was like hit by this great realization that was also deeply saddening but it became a real fuel that drove me which is i couldn't believe how much time i had and then i suddenly realized that to see how much time i had was to see how much time i'd wasted but but the the the, the marriage what, of those two what things, do you mean 
time like like i literally couldn't believe how many hours there were in a day when i was no longer servicing active addiction and suddenly so mm -hmm. i've got my mornings back i've got my evenings back and i've got my afternoons back i've got all 24 hours of the day to do whatever oh, and then you then it dawned on you and how then much you're like time how much time i've wasted but the, but the marriage of those two things was an absolute rocket fuel that pushed me through you know that early right. period because i was like it's time <laughs> to get things done now and so i think that that when you talk about wanting more purpose i think that's what that's about i i, I just yeah um I might not be right though. I mean, no, no, no. You're you're, you're right. All I'm wrong. saying is like I don't think my brother. I know I have some friends of mine who are like okay with not like doing all the things that I like. I just think different people have like different drives, and like I'm like just uh, more driven and more. I need more purpose to be happy when I'm chilling. Like there was a period of time in between Hypercrush and Ridge Production, or 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 towards the middle of Ridge Production when I was feeling like this 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 video production thing was kind of like it was starting to get boring to me because I I started doing it to make films really I didn't want to be doing commercials for clients but that's what we ended up doing being a slave to a client and it was all like I mean some of it was cool but even like music videos were getting annoying I'm like dude this artist is like just like whack or or they're popular and maybe what they're doing is kind of cool but it's like their vision and like we're just it's rare that you really get a chance to like direct a music video, right? And they're like giving all the con the creative control to you. And I just, that's not what I wanted to do. So I started to get, I just started to like fall back and like not really show up a lot and just be like letting the guys do all the jobs and my partner, I wasn't really, and I just started getting depressed, you know? Thinking that I like wanted to just watch a bunch of Netflix movies and but really, like we, it's want. very hard to get excited about living living out someone else's dream. Yeah, I, I can't do it. No, but I mean, but also like, but I, but 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 I think that if I would have just been busier, I would have been happier. Every time I do something I don't want to do, or that's uncomfortable, or like find purpose, it's I always end up being happier and like. Yeah, and and to talk on your brother, I I think that working from eight in the morning till whenever and yeah who am i to say working what's... out that's a that's a i i don't think yeah. i've never been able to do that yeah it's hard I, I, here i am thinking in my head that like somehow what i'm doing has like more purpose than what he's doing he's installing he put in the lights like that's amazing yep. yeah it's a lot of work and a lot of knowledge and just nine to five every yeah, day. Yeah, we're, we're just doing, I'm just doing a different kind of work with like people. But the, you know, it's kind of to the point of what I was saying last week about I do this, like the lights and the electrician thing is his purpose. Yeah, it is. And what you're doing here is your purpose. Yeah, and it's all and the same. There is, yeah. It's the same, but it's also, there's no hierarchy or comparison between one or the other. N neither one is better or worse. They just are and 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 and, and, are. and when each individual is really giving their all that's when they're the happiest yeah yeah but yeah. we think that we, we we think that we're working to go on vacation and relax and then we get on vacation and we relax and we're like looking for i don't know like what yeah, about it's uh see i had to learn these lessons i got sober 
I didn't do shit for decades. I, I walked off of every job. What? How long you say that? 25 years. Half your life. Yeah, half my life. And it took me a lot, like responsibility I ran from, even in sobriety. I met I, you I met you when you had 16 or 17 years. Yeah, something like and the, that. And we both started our companies together. I mean, we both were helping yeah. each other, you know. Yeah, it's come a long way. And uh, I'm just amazed that all the things I ran from are what actually make life worth living. You know, order, con uh, discipline, responsibility. Like, uh, it's something you have to learn when you're young and you're like 20s and teens and stuff. I don't, don't, you look at people like me telling you you need order and discipline and you're like, fuck off, you know? And But really, you're telling them the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, I don't think anyone comes to this program wanting any of the things that they need. Like, honestly, I came to AA wanting to get laid and employed. <laughs> sure, sure, I wore sure, three-piece suits to meetings. Try to keep like a fist. It's a little close. Yeah, like that. It's a that little close. Yeah, that's way better. Um, you can yeah, I, I wore three-piece suits to meetings. I bought everyone's coffees. I wanted to sound good and seem good and arrive. Um and uh, I mean, look, I, I wanted to get laid and employed, and unfortunately, neither of those things happened. Well, I still want to get laid and employed. Yeah, but you know, here, I mean, here's my <laughs> thing: is like, if I, I, I really believe and try to practice that if I am in a meeting looking to get laid and employed, I'm going to leave fucked. But if I come here to do what we do, I can get laid and employed out there all day. If you're lucky. Yeah. Right, but the point is, I become a, a force of attraction. Whereas, like, otherwise, mm. I'm that guy who's like trying right. to turn every conversation into an opportunity. And in a meeting, that's just literally yeah, like walking around with a bag of shit in your way. back pocket. It never works that way. It's horrible. It's always like your heart gets right, and then the other—it's a byproduct of you being right with yourself and higher power, however you want to say. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it's—you uh, become attractive. Well, I've definitely done it the other way around, and 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 the truth is, like, it's very hard to to, you know, uh, attempt to be on any form of spiritual growth while at the same try time trying to be like, hey, what's up? Do you want to get coffee? Whether it's you know, and by the way, like every time a guy said to me in a meeting, we should get coffee, I would think he's going to give me a job. Mm. or he wants to he's heard i'm a screenwriter he wants to buy one of my screenplays here mm. we go and then i meet them and they'd start asking me how i am and i'd literally sit there with this impatience like when are you going to tell me why we're really here mm. when they of course already had mm -hmm. which is they could see i was in a quite extreme uh nuclear level of pain mm. and they were hoping to be able to give me some relief and i was like how nice it's yeah. a real simple way just buy my screenplay that will give me the relief I want. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Thank God that, you know, like over time that it starts to switch. But yeah, I mean, I, I heard a guy years ago in a meeting say when I got sober, I, I didn't need any of the things I wanted and I wanted everything I didn't need. And in the same way, like, I remember looking at the steps and thinking like, I, I think I actually put my hand up as available for sponsorship at the end of my first meeting. Hmm. Because I had two parents in AA, and I was like, I I oh, intellectually really? understand the steps. Oh boy! Here I mean, I didn't again. at all. 
but I thought I did. I thought I knew enough to, to you know, fake my way through it. But I didn't, I didn't think I needed a sponsor. So you came in here thinking you knew everything. Well, here's the other thing. I'd been to a few Alateen meetings when I was a kid. So here's how crazy I was. A number of things. So uh, I got 12-step by a guy I'd known from a bar years earlier, and he took me to this meeting. The whole time I was in this train, kind of like when you were talking about going up to share. I was in this train, I was looking at my feet, and I was like, I'm on the train, but I'm not actually going to this meeting. Like This isn't, somehow this is not happening. And we get to the meeting in uh, central London and uh, we walk up and there's these two greeters standing on the doorway and uh, and he says, hey, this is Sam, he's a newcomer. And I said, um, sorry, actually, I've got 28 days because um, I'd been white knuckling it for four weeks. And I, I really, you know, 28 days is great, but it, especially in the face of white knuckling it by yourself, it's very, very new. But I didn't think I was a newcomer. I thought I was like, I'm here to save some lives. Mm. And um, and then I went in the room. Actually, importantly, I, I walked past them. I was ready to just show everyone how how clever I was and how, how um, you know, like I said, save some lives. And I, I walked past these two people down this corridor and it opened out into this room where everyone was putting up lights and making tea and coffee and smiling and they didn't look like they were faking it. And I remember just thinking fight's over like i don't have to fake it anymore i can just hang out with these people who seem like they're they're not faking having fun and i haven't done that in a long time i've been hanging out with people and pretending to enjoy myself for a very long time and i was home the key though is that then maybe that was the key but just to finish out the thought i um at the end of the meeting when everyone stood up and held hands and said the serenity prayer I genuinely thought everyone was looking at me going, wow, he already knows the serenity prayer. Like he's way ah. ahead of the cut. Like anyone fucking noticed. Mm. But I was so invested in this idea of like, look, I don't need any help. I'll help you if you want. But like, I'm It just good. goes to show how self-centered and focused we are. Like this girl just had a panic attack. I loved what she shared. I love hearing from newcomers. Yeah. You should tell her that. Yeah, I will. Well, well is it the, it's the one I'm thinking that it is, right? The new girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was so glad she shared. All I, the newcomers nailed the meeting to the floor for me. She is like an incredible human. And so, it's but it's just funny how self-centered that we are. Even if it's less than or more than or whatever, it's just the self-centeredness is our. That's the root of our issue. It says yeah. right in the literature. Yeah. I have a topic I'm going that I do it right now. Self-centeredness. And that's why this is helping me. I have a topic that we can talk about if you want. That I really want to talk about something too, though. But oh. what do you what do you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about the Infinity Wars and how. Oh my God! Do you know what I was going to say? No. I want to talk about movies with him. Okay. So, well, do you follow the Marvel stuff? I'm afraid it's like a big black spot in my um, movie. Infinity Ward. Wickham is like obsessed. Well, you should. I don't. I'm not gonna say you should watch this, but it's an interesting concept because this Bro. guy, this this guy, the the protagonist, kills half of all humans, not just on Earth, but all planets. Right. As a solution to 
overbreeding and using all the resources and the planet dying anyway. Right. And he actually succeeds. Okay. And it just brings up this... Is this this the character played by Josh Brolin? I don't know actors. I'm sorry. What's the name of the character? He's a big, bold, yeah, muscular big, dude. Yeah, big, huge. With a very square jaw. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Josh Brolin character. I forget his name now. Josh Brolin, Thanos. You talking about Thanos? Thanos. Yeah, Thanos. Dude, hey, oh, sorry. I, I had to just grab. Wickham is obsessed with all the Marvel films. And I think he's watched Infinity War 10 times, probably. He, he becomes obsessed. I just wanted to um, have him jump in because he... We, we, we've had an entire podcast. Well, this on, mic's not working. Oh, is no, it? No, it's, it's good. Okay. But I also, before we dive, or, you know, before we dive into that, or after we dive into that, I just kind of am curious, like, you're a writer. You must love films. I do. Like, what? <laughs> I know. It's like a it's big question. It's an extremely question, like, large question. I mean, are you a fan of the Coen brothers? Do you like... Yes. Uh, 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 Hank, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Are you like some of the time? Yeah, like I'm not like I never really. I mean, look, like, I'm. What do you I, think of Citizen Kane? Like, <laughs> so it, I mean, see? it's interesting. I mean, I I understand you want to talk about Infinity War, and and I don't want to get in the way of that. But I, um, no, we will. We'll get to. Well, it. no, so, we're also curious. What is your folk? What? Well, is, just it's it, just as a point of like you know crazy alcoholic kid and self obsession. Like I built a DVD collection when I was like twenty years old. That was based on, if anyone saw this collection, they would think I was a really serious movie. Fuck buff. yeah! Like what? What so was like, on it? Citizen like, Kane, uh-huh. Three Colors, Red, White, and Blue. Um, what it, else? Was so there? the title of the film is called Three Colors. No, no, it's a trilogy called Three Colors Red, Three Colors White, Three Colors Blue. What is that? The point is, I ended up with a movie collection <laughs> that you would never, on any given day, want to watch anything in this list because it was all hyper heavy movie buff movies that, like, are really good if you want to write a thesis on filmmaking. Uh huh. But it's not like, you know, I would always go to my brother's collection and pull out, like, casino. wedding crashes, crashes uh, or casino. Or I mean, casino is a no, fucking like, movie. Yeah, like, but, like, yeah, something you can just kind of, like, yeah, absolutely enjoy, but also yeah. just kick back and, yeah. you know, get taken on a ride. And and the point as a screenwriter and as a, and as a, as a, uh, um, an audience member, I just want to go on a journey. I don't, I don't. It doesn't need to, people always, you know, when you say, if you say you write, you always get asked questions about what did you think of like Ingmar Bergman's whatever. And it's like, I honestly, I want to get told a good story. I want to get taken out of myself and taken on a journey. Yeah. Like movies that made me want to be a screenwriter, Armageddon. And I can one day give you a lecture hold, on exactly hold, hold why. On, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Roland. Isn't his name Roland Emmerich? Who, the director. I honestly, I know that J.J. Abrams wrote the shooting script. I Wait, J.J. Abrams wrote Armageddon? So Roland Emmerich, I'm pretty... No, Michael Bay, Michael Bay directed. Okay, but Roland Emmerich does a lot of apocalypse movies, Independence okay. Day. I love those kind of movies. Yeah, right. but so 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 Armageddon with... with I'm going to give you ben, a very quick quick praise on why... Oh, wait, with Ben Stiller? Ben Affleck. Oh, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. And, uh, Fuck yeah, bro. That's that Aerosmith song. That Aerosmith song. And here's <laughs> his, his why this movie is great. You don't even know what we're talking if about. You ever, no. <laughs> if you ever... But if you ever... Okay, but as an Infinity, Infinity War fan, you probably hate it, slash maybe love it. It's probably very dated now, but, you know, um, 
if you if you ask anyone like what's Armageddon about, they would say it's about an asteroid that's going to blow up Earth. It's not about that. Right. The asteroid is simply the arena on which two men figure out their father issues. Fuck and the way the yeah. arc works is Ben Affleck <laughs> cannot take direction from authority. This is his fatal flaw. And what he wants is to be with Grace, his boss's daughter, and keep her safe. Who's Liv Tyler, by the way. Liv Tyler. Right. He wants to be with Liv Tyler. In her prime. (laughs) Absolutely. Literally, probably, at the time, I always thought, at the time, I was like, this is the most beautiful woman on the planet. I would agree with that. When that movie came out. When that movie came out, yeah. And she was also, at that time, in the music video, I don't know if it was for Crying. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, which, Alicia which Silverstone is, was in a bunch of them, but she was then she kind of yeah, took yeah. over from it. So that's uh, Steven Tyler's daughter, the singer of Aerosmith's daughter. Right. Who's oh, this is like the Tyler's Kevin Bacon game, and she, and she was in his music videos. Oh wow! Sorry, but I just wanted to for for, no, it's for, fine. for listeners. That's an interesting. So he can't. His fatal flaw is that he cannot take direction from authority, and all he wants his his central core desire is to be with Grace and make her safe. And all of a sudden, he has an opportunity to make her safe by stopping this fucking asteroid from blowing up the planet. Now, his opponent is not the asteroid. His opponent is her father. Her f- is that Tommy Lee Jones? Or? No, her father is um, Bruce Willis. <coughs> right. Now, interestingly, this is a really good point about character development. His opponent wants the same thing. He wants to keep Grace safe. Right. The reason why... Um, Bruce Willis cannot accept uh, Ben Affleck as a suitor to his daughter is because his fatal flaw is he doesn't believe he's an adequate father. Mm. And everyone, every time anyone opens their mouth about Bruce, um, Ben Affleck in this film, they say, he reminds me of someone I used to know. He's you when you were younger. Yeah. So... <laughs> Bruce Willis's yeah. Bruce Willis's I'm like remembering this as you're talking about it. This should it. make you want to rewatch it, but this is the oh, point. This will. is this is the payoff. <laughs> Bruce Willis's inability to accept himself as an adequate father for his daughter is why he cannot accept Ben Affleck as an adequate suitor for his daughter. So they go on this journey to stop the rock. And in stopping the rock, Ben Affleck has to overcome his total inability to take direction from authority in order to blow up the rock with success, which means that when push comes to shove and they can't all come back and someone's got to stay back and dance with the rock, Bruce Willis is able to say, you're a man now and you can go and take care of my daughter and I'm going to stay here and blow up the rock. Because you, you were able to follow my direction? You were able to take direction from authority, work with oh, others, and be and that's a when you, of the that's, And that's Bruce when you, Willis is also the adequate father because he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Ultimate sacrifice, which we're okay with because he's ultimately completed his journey. And that's when you start crying because you know Oh, Bruce it's a tearjerker, isn't because, it? I mean, I... Well, because that's when you realize crying. Bruce Willis is going to die. Yeah, and he says the ultimate thing to Ben, ben Affleck when he, when he pushes him back into the ship to go back. He says the one thing Ben Affleck's always wanted to hear from this guy, which is... You've always been a son to me because Ben Affleck's ghost is that he doesn't have so, a significant so father figure. Anymore. Just real quick, have you read the script for Learning to Lose? No. So it's about our dads, really. I mean, that's why we all get loaded is because we feel inadequate. For our fathers, the sober companion, has issues with that, and the kid has issues. The the the, the 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 musician's kid's dad is really rich. He just keeps throwing money at him, but he never really felt like the love that he 
should have felt that he felt like you know a father shouldn't just be there to well, throw. that's funny because that's how you feel about your father well it's it's kind ways. of loosely based on the only thing i'm qualified to write about which is my life right so i don't know it's just funny it's a father thing too but i think most movies are infinity ward probably is too yeah on like some levels yeah wait before we talk about that let me just tell you what tripped me out about it okay <laughs> <laughs> Before you guys get into all your like technical stuff that I don't really understand, <clears throat> let me just so here's what tripped me out at the end is like so he succeeds. Are we talking about Infinity War or Endgame? Infinity War. Well, okay. first of all, Billy. Oh, so Thanos wins, right? Okay. But you need to see Than Than Thanos? Thanos. Thanos. But, but Billy, you haven't seen you just started with the last movie. No, I watched can I don't know what I don't know actually thing? with the order no, of them. I I, I will, I'll I've been you, watching I'll give you the order all. and like watch them all with you. I'm okay, like well, what's the order? Because I watched. You have to. Do you want to do chronologically or release date? There's like two different ways to do it. We could talk about it. <sighs> I don't. Whatever it's makes so sense. It's so interesting you say this because my sponsor actually gave me the list in terms of the order he thinks I should watch them in. Really? And it's neither of. It's neither chronological nor release date. He's then like. It's something to do because I, I don't know. But it's huh. how he thinks the order of the story goes. Huh. Wow. In terms of all the origin stories that right. build to, but there's a few ways to do it. But before we go, before he says that, I just want to make sure you understand and everyone understands that John Favreau, right, wrote and directed Iron the Man. first Iron Man. Yeah, with like a micro. He was an indie director with like a shitty budget. But Swingers is fucking amazing. And he's obviously a great writer and a great director. I mean, he just did this fucking, um, this Mandalorian shit is crazy. Have you seen it? He did Mandalorian, by the way. Okay. Uh, I also like that a lot. It's but... amazing. But like, so John Favreau, I mean, could you imagine how hard it would be to like accomplish this thing that he did? Like, we're going to make basically like a TV show about like all these comic book characters but they're all going to be like multi, multi-million dollar movies and with like the best, most expensive actors in the world. And they're actually all going to be good because the comic books are good because Sam Smith, what's his name? Stan Lee. Stan Lee wrote great stories, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really cool because like as the cinema is sort of dying or whatever, Hollywood, you have like at the same time the biggest – I guess you could almost say like the yeah, most Infinity War impressive is like, thing that's ever been made in the right. history of cinema. It's this fucking, uh, you know, um, uh, magnum opus of like yeah this masterpiece of of, of storytelling <clears throat> in on the highest level of production and stuff. Okay, it's never been done before. So, so and it's as a novice, John, I was going in, but it's going, all because of John Favreau. Sorry. Great. You don't know who that is, but people will care. But okay, <laughs> I want to talk about Thanos. Here's a novice. Yeah. Here's a here's a novice going in. I am a stickler for details uh -huh. and character structure, or else I'm just bored. If it's all action, I'm whatever. Hundred oh, percent. But the action is so good, and the character development. And the tie-in from all these people from all these different. Yo, yes. Yo, Billy's like will impress you. Like you don't think he, he he's just ill. And like, it's crazy. And the the money spent. Yeah. Every scene is. I only saw one thing having to do with plants that I'm like, oh, that's not real. But <laughs> and 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 mind you, 
you have to dis, uh, suspend disbelief in any kind of sci-fi, right? To like, oh yeah, y- you know, this is totally wacky shit. If you think about time, it, time travel, superpowers, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I think it's all symbol symbolic to like human characteristics, though. Well, I think <clears throat> it's a wish. I wish you know that I spend every night for years thinking of me as a character that I built that has superhuman abilities to overcome my injuries me too really yeah i used to fantasize about having superpowers like all the time like, yeah i still kind of do and i had come up with elaborate ways that to get them and you can't be too powerful because that doesn't make any sense but you don't want to be anyway blah 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 but what was impressive to me is just that that uh just that and and then right. here's the end so thanos succeeds yes kills off half of the population of all higher beings in all planets no it's not higher beings it's all living all living no no he doesn't kill animals but it's just half the population yeah half of the population not the creatures just the higher beings oh like humans humans and all the aliens and all the other planets Uh and that is the solution and it is a solution it's only a temporary solution because like anything they're going to breed and do it again right so it's a temporary solution to the problem. Right. But but he talks about like it's like keeping the universe in check. Like it's something that has to be done multiple times. It would have to be done yeah. again in 5,000 years or whatever it takes. Right. So anyway. Which is kind of like. Now let's hear what you guys Well, that's like Hitler. That's like a lot but of. But Hitler didn't finish. No, but I'm just saying it's like this Thanos character is like this is this ultimate sacrifice for the greater good. And a lot of people think that way and they're willing to sacrifice lives. I think the, the key about Thanos is that all great bad guys don't think they're the bad guy. Like the greatest villains in any film oh, it's so think good. they are. Yeah. Well, it's unclear to me if he is the bad guy. Wow. That's why it's such a well-written character. He's like, in his motivation is actually like a, a, a logical motivation. Like, it's kind of sense. Sense. It's exactly. That's it's why it's dope. And, and yeah. ch- dude, check this out, bro. I just recently did a video, like two. It was a response to Josh Brolin, and I swear, I, 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 he's gonna, I, w- he, I will get him to see this video. Josh Brolin plays Thanos. Yeah, we. we I don't know who Josh that. Brolin is though. So Josh Brolin, he he made this. Yeah, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show. Here, here's you bleep that if you want Josh Brolin to come on this podcast, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna That'd show. Some, huh? Oh my god, dude! But here's, here's the thing about Marvel that I love. Like, there's uh-huh. like for me, there's like two camps of comic books. There's Marvel and then there's DC. So Marvel has all the Avengers and all that, and DC has Batman, Superman, um, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, all that. And the biggest difference between the two types of characters is Marvel is men trying to be gods and DC is gods trying to be men. And if you look at the success of each studio, Marvel is way more successful because of that reason that their characters are just normal people like that are figuring shit out versus Superman's a literal god who's trying to relate. Like it's harder for us to relate to Superman. I can't relate. And, He's and too powerful. And I've watched like there's this um, Max Landis like he's uh there's like a writer named landis his son he has this whole rant about how why superman is like the most like like amateur structure of a superhero because he's like it's like oh my god this guy's lifting a car and he's like 
blah, blah, blah. And his weakness is this specific rock. It, it, it was, it's so basic and obvious. Marvel came in and started introducing characters who had like problems. Like they made Iron Man an alcoholic in the eighties. Like they made him like the dark and they made like, um, all their heroes very human. They leaned into that. And I think that's why you like, you enjoy the characters and that's why like they're just more successful than DC. But you know, to further to that point, I think one of the reasons for me why origin stories became so popular is because, you know, even outside of the Marvel vs. and DC thing, like, you know, Matrix 1, Batman Begins, <coughs> Iron Man 1, you're watching someone go from man to hero. Like, it's about the becoming the hero. Factor. The hero's journey. Right. But mm. it, the, the reason for me why, you know, Matrix 2 and 3 didn't work, I didn't personally enjoy Iron Man 2 and 3, is that once they've learned the trick you know, in, in the matrix and ultimately in any of these films, it's, they've figured out that there is no spoon. There's, I'm not, ultimately I'm just watching, you know, action sequences that don't go anywhere because I'm not watching a character develop or learn to control this power they've been given or, or fulfill their ultimate destiny. They're mm -hmm. just in that role and running around being tougher than everyone else, which isn't interesting. Like one of the, I, I, I like a great action sequence, but you know, I I heard someone once say, like, action is the death of drama. Mm. In the sense that, like, for example, if two people are on top of a train having a fight, the drama's dead until we know the outcome of the fight. Like, it's fast, and there's lots of movement, and there's probably a high-octane score happening while we watch them punch each other. But the drama doesn't exist until we see the outcome of the fight. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think, as you say, to your point... All of these things have to be dripping and drowning in character and, and structure in order to, for all of these set pieces and multi-million dollar, you know, effects to make, to hang together with anything that any audience member is going to care about. It's the essential ingredient, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, you know, in my opinion. the funny thing is, you, it should be the other way around, but of course it's not, but like... With a million dollar budget, they make fucking sure the story is singing. $200 million films get financed before there's a script because some guy at a party in Bel Air mentions that he wants to do a thing with a guy and it's someone who's hot right now and suddenly they're on the phone and they're like, we've got the money, we've got a director, everyone loves it, we're all excited, are we going? And it's like, have you got a script? We'll figure that out. This is why, you know... I understand. Is this that how it really us. happens in yes. real life? Yes. It's just at a party and this... Yeah, the right the right person with the right contacts or the right the right heat behind them or the right traction <clears throat> or the right you know, people people want to be in the business of whoever the star is that we're talking about, whatever. So if the right person says, you know, I've been thinking about doing a movie about well, it doesn't matter what the rest of the sentence is, because the financiers are like, we want to be in the business of you. So whatever it is, we'll do it. Because of their reputation. Because yeah. there, there's this belief in bankability that whatever you do, people will go and see because it's you. Um, mm. I mean, the you know, the kind of the death of the movie star and the, the destruction of that idea in the face of um, so many more content platforms and, and shorter form content kind of taking over. I think, I think we're coming back to a renaissance of story and, a, and an onus on tell me a great story or fuck off. Like, don't expect me to sit in an uncomfortable chair with 200 people in the dark 
just to watch things blow up. I'll do that if I care about <clears throat> the outcome of the explosion. Right. Not just the explosion. Right. I think I think that in some ways the perfect analogy for what you're talking about is Disney and how they own Star Wars and Marvel. Right. And how they approach them differently. Because Star Wars, they've made like a mess. But for some reason, Marvel is like still intact. <clears throat> and I believe like the reason is, is because Marvel is an amateur filmmaking studio. Like I don't, I'm not a fan of Iron Man 2 or 3 at all, but like they've like learned and they're like learning how to, they're, they're realizing instead of just telling another story about Iron Man, let's mix up Iron Man and Thor. Like how, mm. how will a God and alcoholic like interact? And they're exploring those things because what's crazy is like, but what you're when, talking about is character versus action. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they're and what's crazy is their directors that they choose for their movies, none of they're nobodies. They're all indie directors. For which Marvel For Marvel or? movies, yeah, because because indie directors know how to handle character. Like mm -hmm. they don't need a director who can do CGI. Like they don't give a fuck. That's they can they can like, already do that. That's why they I need like someone who like understands interpersonal relationships. That's why there's this director, Zack Snyder, who who's doing the Superman stuff, and he's just they all suck. about he's all about like visuals and like epic and all he this the 300 right yeah really, it's like uh, but he he misses him. he doesn't have like he's not he doesn't know how to like get your tears jerking or like make you care about the characters at all i i just want to say to what you're talking about is this is a writer's this is the time for writers and producers 21 because the writers and and you're we're seeing it with like netflix and shows and like it's not so much about the director anymore. It's like the writers are the ones that are right. creating these 10 hour epic um, right. sagas, you know, um, Ozark, um, Bloodline, um, you know, Man, M Mindhunter. You've seen Mindhunter? Well, that's about David they've... Fincher. I mean, look, he's amazing. He directed the first three, but like, these are like, this is a writer's right, world right saying, now. Yeah. Also, like back when I was growing up, it was like the artist, like Kurt Cobain. He was a songwriter too, but like now in the music industry, it's like producer and like songwriter. Like that's what's up right now. Like I have a friend, Jason, who's crushing it. He's like probably one of the most important people in the music industry. He wrote the past, you know, five or 10 number one singles, the artists are coming to him. They're like, yo, give me a hit. And he just fucking gives them a great song because he's a songwriter. That's, I feel like that's I the feel way. Like Quincy Jones has been that too. And or I don't know, he was a producer, but whatever. I, I feel like the world is better that way. Yeah, and, and you're like, saying that's what we want right now. We want like a good story. We want like... Well, yeah, but when, whether it's songwriting or screenwriting, it's all story. Yeah. Story is Have story not is story. always wanted a good story? I mean, what is yes, Flash no, without a good story? The, here's the thing. Uh. Audiences want a good story. And originally what happened was people showed up and told them a good story. And then Harvard MBA showed up and said, hey, we you know, if we pre-sell toys to McDonald's and... Oh games to sega and nintendo it won't really matter you can offset all the losses in the theater and suddenly it became about marketing and numbers and spreadsheets and and it's like tell me like mm. and 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 anytime 
in my exp- I mean, look, I'm sure we're unaware of the number of turkeys that get put out. But in my experience, when a good story gets well told and put out f- for way less money than that goes on these gigantic Opus movies, people flock to see them. You know, there's usually, you know, like the little Miss Sunshines of this world and the the way, way back. Funnily enough, another movie that I would definitely put on the shelf is one of my favorites. And it's also about atonement with the father. The way, way back. That's the greatest movie. Absolutely not. No, it's, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, it's, it's Steve Carell. It's, uh, Tony Collette. It's, um, uh, Sam Rockwell. It's um it's about Gosh. a kid who goes away with his his family and stepfather for a for a summer and and kind is it of great coming of age story that's fucking stunning. I remember wow. it being good, but I can't remember anything else about it. If you guys do a movie it. night, Wait, who's in it? Who's in it again? Sam Rockwell, Tony Collette, and mm. uh, um, Steve Carell. Is mm. it about a water park? Yeah, Sam Rockwell works at a water park. The, the the way yeah low way it, back yeah, the not way, the way, way back. back with Ben Affleck which was kind of cool about the basketball coach right. and Little Miss Sunshine it's just a good story low well I don't know if it's a low budget <laughs> Bro, I but there's not uh, yeah the way way back it's I'm well don't get get your hopes phenomenal. all up it's just a basic kind of story like there's no bling and bling it's just well, get your hopes great. up it's fucking great oh okay yeah <laughs> dude I you got, if, if you got daddy said, issues you're gonna cry your eyes out. Yeah, I just remember I used to go rent movies with my dad, like at the local. There was a, there was a, this little V. There was this little like movie store. You know, there was Blockbuster, but then there were like the little indie movie stores <laughs> yeah. where the guy who ran them was like super ill and woke to like what was happening and just great. We would go there and like this guy was so weird, bro. He used to like <laughs> sleep in the back. He was like this weird nerdy guy. I was always like fascinated, but fascinated by him. I wanted to do a local legend on him because he was like the video guy, you know. Yeah. And I would always go in there and like I remember for a while, me and my dad, me and my brother, and my dad would go there and we'd rent movies. Like there was this movie called Bear, just like the, the animated. Movie. No, like you probably haven't seen That's it. Like, brother Bear. Just oh, stuff right. like you know, like stuff about like someone getting lost in the woods, like a you know, just great stories. And I was just watching with my dad, and I like I just like. It's funny, I'm just remembering that right now, like renting VHS. I think movies. it's the sad thing about the sort of platforms is that like I had the same video store as a kid that was like yeah. you know, such a piece of my childhood. It was an event. History. Yeah. Get it. We almost movie. always had to rented watch the whole the, thing. You know the yeah. funniest thing as well is we always rented the same movies. Oh really? What was that? Point break. Whoa. <laughs> Every fucking Friday, you me and my Ka- best friend. You Catherine Bigelow? Yeah. You like fuck with her i fuck with that movie yeah but she did fucking zero dark 30 she did point break and zero dark Bro. 30 yeah yeah and Whoa. like and, and uh, hurt locker which was Wait, oh, she did point movie. break yeah, yeah bro it's crazy and the, and the, which so, is the best so this, of those three movies um, what's her name's wild. ex-wife Yo, right james cameron crazy part is that like i got we gotta watch point break again and we got to watch Armageddon again because you're yep. like bringing up some and speed this is like, and backdrop. You're reminding me of like Quentin Tarantino right now because he has like movies that like got super overlooked and he'll pull one out. Like I showed well, you Armageddon one. was in the Criterion collection for a while. Uh, like it's what's well, up. Well, last week I showed you a movie that are that, 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 about the train, the Tony Scott film that Quentin put in his top 10, just like totally overlooked, you know? I saw that. What's it called? I enjoyed it. 
was great. I don't remember. Denzel Washington and Chris Pine. But um, so, Speed so, or something? I don't so, know. So the guy Unstoppable. Who, yeah, yeah, Unstoppable. So, so have you guys seen Cop Car? Mm-mm. It's really, it's pretty cool. It's like, dude, look at this. Kevin Bacon. It's an indie film. It's a great indie film that like no one's seen, but it's really good. When did it come out? I remember I saw it. I was like, oh, that was cool. Like, that's dope. And then like I realized, and then I saw that this guy who did Spider-Man did that. Yeah. He's... And I was like, oh, they're like hiring these like ill like indie film directors. I feel like even the guy who did Mud with Matthew McConaughey did another one. And I was just like, this is really cool. And I remember liking Spider-Man because it had that, it had the story thing yeah. happening. Yeah, and what's what's crazy right now is what Marvel is doing now. Like by now, I mean like last week, they released their first TV show that's intertwined with the movies. Mm. I started that and I don't get it. Yeah, I you got to get to two it. Episodes. You probably shouldn't watch it until you watch more Marvel stuff. Like, I've seen like, all the Marvel the, stuff. The, the oh, you have? Yeah, no, I've okay, seen well, it. Okay, well, it I'm doesn't make sense because there's nothing else good. It doesn't make sense until episode five. But okay, I'm I'm oh, not what? gonna. What episode five of what? Uh, WandaVision on Disney Plus. Okay. So what's what's crazy about what they're doing right now is that like in the '90s, Marvel was like bankrupt. The company, Marvel Entertainment, so they sold their best characters to studios. So they sold Daredevil and the X Men to Fox. So they owned that. They sold Spider Man to Sony. They sold. Um, Different characters to like different studios. Or they sold the Hulk to Universal, to Universal, right? And um, they were still broke. So in 2008, they were like, okay, we don't have any of our big, our A-list characters or even our B-list characters because we sold them all. So all we have is Iron Man. Because back in back then, like I knew about Iron Man, but nobody knew who Iron Man was. This is when in the 80s? This is 2008. Bro, you need to oh. get a comment. You need to get tattoos of this shit. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, He's obsessed, bro. It's crazy. So, so like they got an indie director with like a really small budget and they like made this like small scale superhero movie like compared to crazy shit that like Brian Singer was doing with X-Men and stuff. And it was like a huge hit. Which one? Iron Man 1. Right. So yeah. then they started like getting money and stuff, right? But they still don't have their big characters yet. Like like who? Like the like, Hulk? like Spider-Man, they had to fight. They had to make a... Sony still owns Spider-Man. They have to make a deal and pretty much kiss Sony's ass for like a long time to even use that character. Um, but so since all these different studios own the same characters in the same universe, none of those characters could interact with each other. So everyone was like, why the fuck can't Spider-Man talk to Iron... Like, this, this is stupid, right? So Disney did the most gangster move and they just bought Fox. So now they own X-Men again. Now they own all their old characters. And then they made, they like gave Sony a bunch of money and they got Spider-Man back. This is where I have to turn Wickham's mic down a little bit. <laughs> just cause he's coming in so hot and passionate. Right? And so like, <laughs> while in 2008, since Marvel was making their universe, all these other studios like Fox, and Universal were trying to copy them and try to do their own thing. They had like X Men had their own small universe. Everyone right, but last week, people were theorizing that since in Infinity War and Endgame they do stuff with the multiverse, they're merging all the Fox stuff from all the studios into one timeline. If that makes any sense, so all the stories for years that Fox or Universal told from like 2001 to like 2021 
are now a part of the Marvel Universe. They made everything into one cohesive thing in one episode of the show yesterday. And I was like freaking out. Oh, on WandaVision. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I ask you another question? Yeah. What the fuck did they do to Star Wars? It's very disappointing. Yeah. Why? So why the, is it? Fu- so why is it? I couldn't so, even finish the last movie. It was so boring. So the reason the reason is is because Disney owns Lucasfilm and Marvel, right? But for some reason, Marvel is able to please fans and like stay true to the source. But the be, the reason that is is because the guy who started as an indie comic book nerd, like all he cares about is comic books. Who? He's Kevin Feige. He's the executive producer and he overlooks all the films and he makes sure they're all cohesive and everything, right? Versus on the Lucasfilm side, there's this woman named Kathleen Kennedy who who Lucas George Lucas himself hates because when Disney wanted to buy the rights to Star Wars, George Lucas had written out a story of what episode um, seven, eight, and nine should be, and they just like threw it away. And they instead hired J.J. Abrams to just remake Episode Four, and then they then they got Ryan Johnson episode to like Episode Four, yeah, A New Hope. Like The Force Awakens is a, is literally the same story. Oh, as oh I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah they, 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 right. They turned, and then and then they turned Episode Seven into like a remake of the original fir- first. Right, because they because they, they just like it's a formula. Instead that of works. telling a new story, they like relied on this. They like profited off people's nostalgia, which was like disgusting. It was the most like commercial commercialization I've ever <laughs> seen. Any like thing, any art like ever be commercialized like that. And then the second one, they got this other director who like wasn't talking to the other directors and they were all disorganized. They didn't know how to keep a cohesive universe because none of them were like true fans of the source material. Hmm. And like that shit shows if like people care about what they're making. Mm -hmm. And like in Marvel, they're all diehard. They just all, all the directors, all those indie directors read the comic. The Russo brothers. Yeah. Like they're like huge comic book nerds. Hmm. And like Disney, Disney is hiring like these like, you know these corporate and and, and and well i think jj abrams is a comic book fan i'm sure he must be or maybe yeah, he's yeah not. i'm sure no he's i'm sure but he, he kind of blew it on that last one but like john favreau i don't even know i don't care uh, he is the mandalorian is just like a fucking masterpiece but that's it's like its own thing it's not really star wars it's its see, own see that's that's the problem if that's it's what, not a problem if, bro, no matter how, how good it i know but like no matter how good it is if the universe is broken it doesn't fit and like nah. that's you don't have to like build a universe that's fine but like if you're gonna say you have one like it better make sense and like none of it makes sense what do you mean you haven't even seen it I've watched. I, no, I'm talking about the entire Star Wars universe. There's like huge plot holes that ruin the entire like you like oh. for for example, in Episode Nine, Palpatine, the Emperor, the Sith comes back. Right, the whole purpose of Episode One through Six was based on one thing. It was a prophecy that there would be a kid who would become powerful enough with the Force to kill the Sith. He didn't kill the Sith. By bringing him back, you've made one through six fucking pointless. Darth Luke Vader. Skywalker right. did all that for nothing. We watched Anakin do all that for nothing. It was all useless. And it was so... How did he just come back? Yeah, and they didn't even write that in. And it's so, like, disgusting because, like, I loved <laughs> one episode, episode one through yeah, six, yeah, but, man. But, but, like, but, but Mandalorian and, is a different thing. It's just a really, really good story. And there's Jedi in it. And it's, uh, it's, just, it's really just great. 
I don't know. Like I saw yeah, this. Scene. I think so it, too. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still trying to get Wickham to like actually really watch it. Oh, you've open. never watched it? No, I've watched. It's very I'm, basic, but somehow it just. I guess there must be a story because it draws you in. It's the wolf and the cub. You're a writer, don't you know that one? Enlighten me. Well, I guess there's this like there's like a bunch there's like different like like higher like different like. Uh, modalities or there's different kinds of stories and like one of them is like the wolf and the cub like the the, the gnarly guy that like takes in the little right yoda and yeah it's like i guess it's like a it is like that yeah but i also no i told me I also, guy, I also think that's just kind of like played out like like the tough guy and like the little girl thing like logan did that like yeah. i've also seen that a lot of times well i mean every single thing is played out it's just a matter of doing it right i mean like yeah. rocky forrest gump like these are all amazing films about like this underdog. When character. you say that, are you talking about like the seven original stories? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so it's all played out because there's only seven. There's actually right, but there's not only really one. Original. There's only one. Right. There's only one story, and it's who am I when pushed? That's mm. it. <laughs> Noah said, told uh, me. Noah told me something that I also agree. He said, "There's two stories. There's good versus evil, and boy meets girl." Well, I guess who am I when I'm pushed is good versus evil. Right. And boy meets girl. It's also who am I when I'm pushed. Yeah. yeah. You know what? That brings me to an outside archetypal thing that you know when you're pushed, <laughs> when a human being's pushed, and that's why this is so important, that they can actually display genetic capabilities that wouldn't have been expressed if not pushed to an extreme level. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. So Hume, you may be capable of things you have no idea until you're put in that position right. where exactly you have what we're to. we talking about in the meeting, which is like when the worst case scenario comes along, surviving it makes takes you into all the joy that you would have missed had it not gone that way. If we lived yeah. in comfort, we'd never get strong enough to survive. I'm it's like only through worst case scenarios. I'm like, we, yeah, I'm sitting in that right now. My head is fucking spinning. I'm sitting in that fear in that worst case scenario. Like it's just, it's just. Then get excited because good shit's coming. If yeah. you're about to hit worst case yeah. scenario, that just means you're in it the is, gateway it's to so painful. Great stuff. I'm just trying to stay distracted by this podcast and getting into the step work. And one of the most powerful things I ever heard in a meeting was a woman said, "If you don't like what's going on, just remember it must be necessary." Yeah, it, 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 I know, I know, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard to accept sometimes for me because it's, it's just, just it's, due to do with things that will I'm just, never leave you. I'm just growing, I guess, you know, I'm just dealing how to like figuring out how to get out of my way and sort of let things unfold without like letting my ego blow them up. Well, it is quite remarkable from my perspective that this fantasy that we were talking about six months ago is like a reality and there's even yeah. there's even inmates i'm sorry they're clients yeah. not inmates but you know <laughs> yeah but there's internet and lights and pictures yeah. on the wall and tvs and clients and it's happening. and we're sitting yeah. here yeah yeah so bro, i remember you talking about this in like 2019 it's only because i was able to get out of the way and let things happen and not be trying to control well, also and, and, and lean into the unknown like you you've let you've yeah. you've had to take a massive leap into the dark with this but like yeah. you yeah. know you know that line about like life begins where your comfort zone ends yeah like mm. this if if any of this was easy like it wouldn't be worth it yeah 
Well, it's not only that, it's also that you had a vision and a single eye and a passion and for whatever reason, the resources. Well, that's the thing is the resources would not be available to me if I was in the way, if I let my yes. ego and my pride. I mean, they're, every single time I talk to my parents, it's like I have to get out of the way and I have yeah. to just let them do their thing. Um, I, I want to play this real quick. I wanted to play this earlier when we were talking about Josh Brolin because he's, it's just funny that like we were talking about him being the villain, but he thinks he's the good guy. So he did this thing where he 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 posted this video, right? And um, and he said, "I'm gonna take a break from social media for a month." He said that on social media. This morning, very That's what I said. What? He said that on social media. Yeah, just just watch, just watch. Woke up with this this morning with a very strong feeling that social media is the death of us. It's like the worst in people have been revealed. Josh, I love you, bro. You actually took a photo of me one time. Did you know that? When we got Here, look, look. He, he, he asked me. Well, yeah, when we got the chair, remember? You said, hey, let me get a photo of, of your arm. My friend's on it. Robert Duvall is his friend. And um, <clears throat> Josh, you're one of the most incredible actors. I mean... The Co if the Coen brothers use you as much as they have, this is so you, you, you must be good. Sure, um, no. But I, I just wanted to say that social media, dude, I fucking totally, I actually really agree. It brings out the worst in people. Like me and my wife are experiencing it right now. I mean, on, on TikTok and stuff, because we, 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 we post a lot about our relationship and sometimes we fight and we try to post the truth of, of, of what, our life really looks like good bad ugly beautiful all that stuff but a, a good analogy that i've come up with is i think social media social media is a medium it's like if you hit somebody with a car you don't blame the car for the person who got killed what i'm saying it's not the car's fault the person that was driving the car it's their fault it's people and while it brings out the worst in people i also think it can have the potential to bring out the best in people and i think it's our responsibility as um influencers to i mean i'm not anywhere nearly as big as you are but i think that you do have an opportunity to show people what what what, what a good human being really looks like and how to respond with love and not hate and anger and i i would just encourage you to um and everyone else anyone else who has a platform to uh Find the truth in, in any situation and be willing to expose your, I, I want to be willing to expose my flaws and, and my vulnerabilities and use those as an example for others who are, are feeling the shame that I think social media, um, it, 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 when we're comparing ourselves to other people, when we're comparing ourselves to the best versions of other people, we're going to feel shitty about ourselves. So that's what my brand is dedicated to, learning to lose. It's dedicated to um, helping others feel like they're not alone. And um, sometimes shared pain is, is cathartic. And um, I, I've been sober a while and um, I'm wanting to share my journey of, of sobriety and recovery with the world and, and let people know that they can do it too. And my wife is on a, her own journey with um, eating and healthy living and battling her <laughs> she looks so pretty. Yeah, she's stoned. Yeah, I don't get stoned, but she does. Um, we're just trying to be real. 
you know and um i, I can sense the realness in, in 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 your eyes and in your voice when you when you when you speak to your phone but you're not just speaking to your phone you're speaking to other human beings so this this w whether we like it or not this is how humans are going to be communicating this is how humans are communicating so let's let's see if we can use this tool rather than abandoning our posts let's lean into it with love empathy understanding compassion inspiration courage faith hope and let's do our part brother you think there's any possibility he heard that I know one day maybe he will. I mean, it has yeah, it almost has two thousand views. But the 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 minute long version of it on TikTok probably has like forty thousand views. I don't know. I mean, hopefully someone might send it to him or whatever. But it was just like an, ex send it to an excuse to sort of get the the message of what I'm trying to do as it relates to social media, because this message can be applied to social media, and that's how it's getting big. Well, what you said about the car thing was like kind of like. Uh, like, would you blame the car? But it made me think about like, it, like what Elon Musk was saying about how when cars first came out for like 10 years, they just didn't have seatbelts. And like people would be like, you need to put seatbelts wow. in these cars. You He's need to put seatbelts. And, and then they were like, no. And then just people were just like flying out of cars, just dying. Yeah, it's After 10 years, they were like, <laughs> all right, let's put seatbelts and enforce some laws that force people to use it. Like, Sure, if, like if you hit someone with a car, like, and I was being an idiot and going like ninety, it is my fault. But the car designer kind of has a responsibility to be like, "Yo, I'm gonna put this seatbelt in here, and you have to use it, or it's against the law." And that's why like the car is like safer. And I've been thinking about this because I've been using this new app called Clubhouse, which is like you join chat rooms except it's your voice and Bro, you, talk you need to, to start you. learning to lose one. Come on. Yeah, I've been thinking about that, and um, people have conversations with each other, right? And what, what they call it is Twitter, but matured because it, instead of 150 characters on a keyboard, you're like looking at someone and you're hearing their voice. And like, just by those two things, you're like, it's harder to be like this fucking internet troll. Mm. Cause you're like, Oh, Hey, um, so you this in real time. It's real time. Okay. And it's so like live streaming. it's like, it's like the last 10 years were us just like discovering social media. And it was like the wild west. Like we, we, after this, I think we're going to like start regulation and like, it's going to not be as damaging as it was before. Make it more personal. It's yeah. interesting though, that we've gone from like 150 characters to getting to a point where you can see the person so you can't troll them. Maybe we're going all the way full circle back to actually meeting up <laughs> yeah. <and> real <laughs> human connection well right. yeah but but yeah but there, there's a sweet middle ground with real connection and the ability to talk to like whoever everyone. you want and yeah. or everyone yeah, yeah yeah can i bring up something back to thanos yes um so the thing that is so cool about the movies i really like is the bad guy is not a bad guy so like the movies that are really boring, the bad guy's just pure evil. But that doesn't make any sense. So Thanos may actually be better than the Avengers or all the people involved. What do you think? Um, I think he's kind of he he like the reason so the reason he wants to kill half of humanity is because on his home planet, Titan. Yes, they, they all became died. overpopulated yes. and they like they couldn't, you know. And he solved the problem for everybody. Right. So why is he not the hero then? 
I don't know. That's Maybe like, he is. That's why. It's and he like, made a sacrifice of something he loved, which made it all that much more like. Yeah, like he killed his daughter that he like actually loved. Yeah. Which was like a weird scene because I like felt bad for him, but I was like, he's trying to destroy the world, but like I understand. But how ill is Josh Brolin though? Dude, and have you seen what he had to dress up on set? Like he no. had to look so ridiculous. He had like he's wearing like a like a mocap suit. And there's a giant stick along his back that goes like this tall, and it's a printout on a it's a it's a piece of paper with Thanos' face on it. And the actors had to look at that to get the eye level for the CGI. So like while he's wearing this ridiculous harness, he's also giving like one of the greatest performances. Yeah. What is he a big buff guy like the character? Oh, uh, he's like kind of an older dude. dude he's like he's, kind of buff. he's short, bro. He's jacked for his age, but he's not Thanos. No, but he's he's in good shape, but he's Wait, short. Wait, did you say Josh Brolin? Yeah. Isn't that the guy you just had on yeah. your... That's, that's Thanos. That's why... Oh, okay. That's why I played it. Oh. Okay. And, and I also met him, and, and he was... He's, he's... I don't know. I just... There's like something about him that's like... Uh, oh, yeah, he's very charismatic. Pretty amazing, you know? Even when I was watching what he was posting, I was like, damn, like... Yeah, we get so much hate. There's so much hate on the internet, but like, it's just a reflection of like humans. And there's also a lot of love. And me and Mikey were crying in the fucking uh, garage because of a message someone sent us. Like, yeah, no, I get it. All get things it. are beautiful and ugly. And what, what's that one uh, thing in the Bible where the guy talks about that? Oh, fuck. I'm never going to be able to think of it. It's like a section in the Bible that's Ecclesiastics. Better ask Danielle. No, it's Jason Evigan. Oh, this songwriter friend of mine. Yeah, the guy who I was talking about who wrote all these. I find that really weird because I like, see that I should inter like this guy. I should I should. Send he was him. on Songland. I thought he was great. Oh, you know Jason Evigan? No, I just watched him on Songland. Bro, and remember his he, episode? He is the best human being. Yeah, it was very evident in the show. And you will meet him here. He used to come to our meeting a lot. He's about to have a kid, but he is like so talented. I was in a band with him. He's been on this podcast like fuck what like five times. Yeah, I and, think we should uh, have him again. I can't wait to show him your stuff and he's just epic. That would be cool. Um I would love that. Um but I was I wanna just say this thing that I've been thinking while you've been talking about this movie. Um in terms of the whole the bad guy never thinks he's the bad guy. Um have you have any any of you seen the T V series Tehran? No, no I, I always go buy it. Should I watch it? It's really interesting for one simple reason. Like if you look at a show like 24, it's anti-terrorist unit stopping anyone from ever doing anything bad to America. And immediately as the audience are like, those people are bad and the ATF or whatever they're called, ATU, anti-terrorist people, these are the good guys because they're protecting America, which is very much, you know, the, the machine that is, you know, built, you know, is built that way. Americans are, believe, are led to believe that everything America does is for the sake of America and therefore it's good. You're um, saying it's not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not making a value judgment. That's just the machine that exists to tell them. Yeah, that. no, I'm joking. But when you, if you look at Tehran, um, it's Iran and Egypt, mm -hmm. and um, the two countries are both trying to ultimately protect themselves. And at no point do they ever say this guy is bad or this guy is good. Oh, just Okay. They just, they just, they have, in the same way as I was talking about with Armageddon, it's about two characters who ultimately have the same goal, but they have a difference of opinion about how to get there. Which brings me back to my point about the current state of this nation, which is to say, 
I don't believe, again, talking about the evil of social media, that this country is in fact as divided as we've all been led to believe that we've given a voice to the, the, the far extremes of the argument. But ultimately, what I believe about this country is it's made up of two sets of people who want exactly the same thing, Dude. which is how do I take care of my kid, give them a shot at the future and keep them safe? But we all have, but these two sides have a completely different view on how we get to that place. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we're all just about ready to kill each other over it. And if we could all just like say, hold on a second, I think we all want to go to the same place. Yeah, we do. Like, the route doesn't, like, it matters, of course, because you want to do what's good and right. But like, it's so sad that we're like a conversation away from realizing like, it's not about good and evil. Like we've, and I've made the same, I've made this very soapbox statement about like, you're either, you're either, this isn't about red or blue anymore. This is about, you're either a good person or you're a piece of shit. But like, it, that isn't necessarily true. No, or in it's fact, not. it's not true at all. It's not. The, I genuinely believe that the core of this country is good people. I, I believe that Donald Trump wanted to make America great again. That's what, that's what he actually wanted to do. Whether or not how he was going to do it was like the right thing to do. Right. He didn't believe he was the bad guy. No, he didn't. So it's like, it's like we need to, all we can do is what we're doing. Yeah. Be the best we can be. And right. maybe hopefully that will rub off. And, on I, and I, the other thing I want to say about your, your social media post that you just played is, is, is the, the beauty of like, what makes social media sick is comparing yourself to people who are constantly promoting the lie that they are perfect. Yes. And what learning to lose does, so you've already said this, but it's important, I think, to underscore is compare yourself. You're allowing your viewers to compare themselves to the truth. Yes. Like, this is the truth of what's going on. Yes. Feel the same way? Cool, because everyone does. I mean, I was talking about this last week. The big lie is everybody else is finding it difficult and I'm having a uniquely difficult experience of life or the world or whatever. That's the big lie. The truth mm. is no one's finding it easy. Everyone feels like they're falling short, largely because of social media and the amount of time we're glued to it out of some desperate desire to find fit with the world. And all it does is further alienate us, further push us down in this idea that we're failing and falling short. But what happens is when you show those dark, ugly parts of yourself, people see that and they go, this guy's a fucking asshole. Fuck this guy. Because they don't realize that that's... Why do they do that? Because Jesus. no one else is showing... Because they're terrified of it. But nobody else is showing mm. themselves like yelling or complaining to their wife and, and, and then they're bringing their own stuff into my situation with her and they're going, oh, my guy was, was he's just like that. He's that guy. And I'm like, not your, I'm not your ex. Yeah. I'm me. And me and my wife have been in a healthy relationship for 15 years. We must be doing something right. Stop judging me. I'm flawed. And I'm like just posting those flaws. But I'm also, you know, but again, like all, be, all beauty lies in imperfection. Nothing, be, nothing. Yeah, I, and I think that's why people are coming to stay here, and and we're getting beautiful messages, and we have a lot of views, and 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 I think a small percentage of our following is <laughs> people who don't quite understand us yet. But I've gotten a lot of messages, and my favorite messages to get are the ones I've gotten a lot of, which are, 
<laughs> I saw you and I didn't like you, but I couldn't stop watching. And now I love what you're doing. Yeah. I was that guy. I called Danielle and I was like, what the fuck is it? Is it anonymity? What oh, is happening? Wow. And she was like, you haven't watched for long enough. Just keep. And I was like, no, but <laughs> he's, I think he's on the phone to a sponsee while he's on. So right. does the sponsee know he's on the social? Well, and I had this wow. whole fucking panic attack about whatever step I thought I was on a wow. <laughs> mountaintop about. And Could you truth- imagine how hard it is for me to go to sleep at night? Knowing that so many people are still where you were. Well, I mean, here's here. I mean, my it's it's really really hard. My caveat to that would be sleep easy because what they think doesn't matter. Well, I keep holding on to that. What you do is what matters. Yeah, I keep trying to hold on. What you are doing is of value. What you are doing is helping. What you are doing is working. Yeah, and I want to try to be respectful to the anonymity part of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, but I don't know Yeah, how. but the truth is, like, Alcoholics Anonymous isn't what you're doing here. What you're no. doing here is fulfilling your primary purpose, which is to help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. Yeah. Not shove the principles of AA down everyone's throat, but the, the, to do whatever you have to do to help people get sober. Okay, but how do you do that? Be an example. No, That's no, the no. only way. I know, I know, bro, but, like... At the core and at the root of like how I did this and how we're doing this is A. Yeah. It's literally the fucking guy. It's the text. It's the, so how am I supposed to it's just tricky to dance around it when it's the fucking I know, I mean, main you and I thing. had this conversation about how I worked in treatment when I was so anti everything about the business but i loved the job i loved working with clients but i felt like every principle and tradition i upheld was just being laughed at you know um how do we how you know ultimately the question becomes am i ultimately being true to myself yeah for sure i am but 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 i still am supposed to respect this anonymity thing and it's just whose anonymity are you blowing no, well, I'm saying the the part about press radio and films, like uh, it's just still kind of gray, and it's something that we've uh, talked about a lot. And 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 I was just on the phone with Michaelis. Yeah, look, I, well, uh, other people who are in the program that have big followings, they just call it the secret society. Everyone knows what you're talking about, but you just yeah, just imagine if I said that like every time I mentioned it, it would just be weird. <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, do you ever find weird. like if you like. I feel like saying to someone, you a friend of Bill's is the worst code on the planet because in my mind, because everyone I know is sober, everyone knows what that means. So right. it's like, this is not a it's fucking secret handshake. It's stupid, man. Like, who Wait cares anyway? His shirt right there tells tells you, just fuck it. Here, yeah, We're it not matter. anonymous anymore. Have you seen it? Show him the back. We should give you, I don't know, he, he, there's no way he would rock this. But we're trying to, yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, it's fucking cool. I, I'm. I don't know why you think that. Because no, I wear a dad's sweats. You, you should have. I will oh, wear that. Yeah, I'll give you one. You don't have to do it right now. You, you know, like it, 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 I'm thinking. You know what? Fuck it, man. Like we're. we're I think we're past that. Like Maybe, there, I mean, there be, are just be, so many celebrities. I mean, if yeah, one of them, also, I feel but, like, I feel if like one a, of them fucks up. If you're going to judge AA based on what one of these celebrities did or one or me or someone who's, then you're just fucking, dude, You're looking come for on, a bro. reason. Like, it, it, this is yeah. that thing that, like, 
if you, you know, I was saying some people say like, I don't know anyone's gotten sober during COVID. And my thing is, if if I was ready and and COVID happened, I do. I I would have been like, I'm like COVID would have been an excuse if I wasn't ready. And if I was ready, it would have just been like, I'm going to just like everyone I've watched get sober in the middle yeah, of all this. I don't they think just, that's the they do issue. It anyway. I don't think do that's you, the issue. It, it's the issue of money and attaching AA to your profit can bring down AA. Mm, you know what I just read today? Wait, what you're saying is that because he's running a business for profit that runs on the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, which we're supposed to Well, not to the principles, because Alcoholics Anonymous doesn't own those principles. Those were in the Bible, and they're in the Sermon right. on the Mount. And, and we are the... told to practice them in all our affairs. Yes. No, what I'm saying is if somebody takes AA, preaches AA, and makes money... To sell it. Other people are going to do the same thing, and AA is going to become washed out. Do you think Pat is selling AA? No, I'm not saying he's doing that. That's what the tradition is there for. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Not, I, not I agree like, with you, but not I don't like think for a second you're somebody's anonymity. How much, no, how much do you think that principle is like based on shame? Like, I feel like, like back AA then, AA almost like, died. It almost didn't make it. That's why they put the principle there because people wanted to invest in AA. And they had to say no to the money and survive on their own. And they almost didn't make it. Well, I'm no, actually reading that in the book right now where John D. Rockefeller invited members of AA to this dinner party. And he refused their... He, he's the one that told him, no, we're not going to yeah, give you any money yeah, because it's going to ruin AA. Because he was like that ill of a businessman. He was like, yo, I could give you 50 grand. That would be easy. But I, I don't think it should be be that because as soon as you bring money into the equation it it, 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 it well, poison what makes it work. yeah so yeah. then then we did it without it and i don't know if it almost died but it um, did it did i don't know what year they were struggling that's why they made the big book oh well that was yeah okay but that's different so so that was just how it started it started with no 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 at the same time when they were asking rockefeller for money they were broke Right, but again, worst case scenario, right? He turns them down for the loan. He says, you don't need it. You're thriving. They're like, no, but we haven't got any cash. And out of the ashes of that worst case scenario, the big book was born. If he'd given them the money, they never would have had to Here write it. Here we go again. Same, same, same thing yeah. we were talking about earlier. Worst case scenario is always the best case scenario. Yeah, But uh, to, to be fair, I think that, like, at least as far as I, what I'm reading in the book, the, the big book had already existed. And there were a few articles written about AA by these two people, one of which was actually going to write a hit piece about AA and how it was this cult and how it was like not chill. That might have fucked up AA. I don't know. But like he ended up investigating and realizing it was actually amazing. He was sold on it. And the article was really a good article. And the membership went from, hmm. I said, I think he went in like, with these intentions and got changed. So yeah. Michaela says we're going through Came the book. Off. I want to go, I want to, I want to do what we've been doing. Michaela's, I mean, this guy's just done. I don't know how he fucking knows as much as he knows about all this, but like we've been doing highlighting and underlining and he's, he was explaining to me like exactly what happened and how it happened. And, um, we should get back yeah, into if that. you ever want to listen to someone who breaks it all down, I think it's Sandy Beach, and he knows the history like no one else. Did you talk to Ashford? No, no. You thought that was it? I don't want to. Yeah, you know, I texted Sharin. Oh, really? I'm like, hey, will you come to one of our groups? Did she respond? She's like, you're doing groups at a sober living. 
I'm like, no, we're just doing like, you know, house meetings because you're not supposed to do therapy in a sober living. It's like uh, we're just doing house meetings and we're trying to hold each other accountable. You're not doing therapy. You de- right. you're, you're not allowed to do you therapy. You're not allowed service. to have a therapist. You're not allowed out. to have licensed therapists or any of that stuff if unless it's a licensed treatment center. Uh, but like, it was just funny how she like right and right right. She there. she didn't say. You know what? I'm not available. She's like, you're doing groups, and and then like I was like, no, and then she's like, well, I'm not available. It was just, it's just like, it's like that thing where like you're not allowed to do groups either. No, no, no. She, 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 she I told her like we're we're well, because she is a licensed therapist, so I guess she was kind of protecting herself and going like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that because I'm a licensed therapist. But really, what it is is it's one alcoholic. Are you done? Yeah, she's just putting red flags up for me. I don't. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, are we are we alcoholics trying to help other alcoholics? Yes. Well, then why wouldn't we come to a, a meeting at a sober living and check it out and and see if there's. Well, it any... comes back to that thing I was saying of like you're not just going to let them sit around in their pajamas. You want them to actually grow. Yeah, and I want so women you put a structure and a program. But but I'm saying I wanted thrive. I wanted a woman like this who has a lot of sober time who I who I think is an amazing person in, in, or maybe not so much, but like, I don't know I, if I got asked to come to, I don't know. It's whatever. It's all good. Can I talk about something that uh, I'm going to forget if I don't mention yeah. it? So I watched the movie infinity wars, Thanos, and it brought me to one world order. You know how one world order is in the Bible seen as a bad thing. Like the end of it's like all the Christians are, fear of the one world order right and the this mark of the beast do you guys know heard of yeah. that you know no i don't know what you're talking about They're literally really <laughs> really what well, are you talking about like is it that book about sheep that blade runner was was written on no it's the bible oh the end times one world order mark of the beast well what's one world order first of all one world currency oh yeah I've heard about that through this thing called Zeitgeist. It's a film on on on, on YouTube. It's, about, uh, there's it's, like three parts. It's of it. uh, what's her name still here? Oh. The Amero. The Amero will be. The, oh well, then since you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I guess it doesn't matter. I want to ask a question about Infinity War. Can I watch Infinity War in isolation? Having the last movie I watched in the verse was probably Iron Man One. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't appreciate it as much. Yeah, as you gotta watch the previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to give me the list? But yeah. he, but he can watch um, Infinity War. Do you want to just give me the list in order? I have to see them. Yeah, I would love to. I'll me find too, a way. because I don't know the. Do you guys want order. release date or chronological? I want you to give them in the order. Yeah, you should do release date. That's the real way to do it. Is release date. I want them in the narrative order, like the best narrative flow. Oh, okay, then chronological for you. But 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 I think if he just watches, is it? Wouldn't it be? Because you just watch. Um, Endgame, and then isn't Infinity Ward the I last be, one? You can't watch. Uh, well, hold on, is Infinity Ward the last film? No, Endgame is. Okay, so why aren't we talking about Endgame? Because he hasn't seen it yet. Because that's the best one. I right? know. I've, tried, I've been trying really hard. Not I to think spoil I it watched him. Endgame and then <laughs> Infinity War. But you've seen them both. Well, so you saw I, Endgame. Conf- there's so many. Hold I don't on, know what's no, what. He thinks Thanos won, so there's no. Yeah, way. but hold on. It's like, look, if you watch Infinity Ward and then Endgame. That's a nice little no, but you could do that. Well, first, it's not Infinity Ward. 
It's Infinity War. <laughs> you keep saying oh, Ward. I was trying to correct him. I thought it was Ward. <laughs> what does that mean? What is, what's Infinity Well, actually, um, when AA first started, we, they were helping people in a ward, which implies like really shitty conditions. Like the psych ward. This is something I just read in the big book. I was there underlying. You were, it, this yeah, is so, a tenuous link, though, to Infinity War. <laughs> There's, uh, there's there's 22 the like, struggle between that link of like when AA started yeah the it's not it it's war. war I don't know why I was calling it <laughs> ward but 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 dude we underline ward because it's important for us to remember that like alcoholism was not even respected as like a real disease these people shitting and pissing all over themselves they basically were lepers they were like these people are just insane they were in the ward and like Bill and Bob were like helping them and now we're in like beautiful houses Malibu and like people are complaining about being in a bunk bed it's like I went to a meeting in Pasadena uh, at a sanitarium it's really beautiful there's, there's a treatment center attached to it now but it was a sanitarium back in the 40s where if you were there for um, alcohol rehabilitation and you could make it to 5 p.m. without a drink they would serve you alcohol because they believed that if you could make it to 5 p.m. you were basically fine Wow, I'd love to be there. They understood. Hey, let me just bring this up. We don't have to talk about it. So they did away with wards in the 80s. I have two people close to me that are dying and ruining lives because they're fucking insane and you cannot put anybody in an insane asylum anymore. There is none. You can get a 72 hold or a weak hold, a 5150, but they release them. And then they go back out and they cause havoc to the people they love and whatever and their dangers to themselves. They have to uh, voluntarily go into a place. And if they don't, they're just on the streets causing havoc. My cousin's dying because she can't even get the surgery she needs. My stepdad's kid is ruining their parents' lives and getting in trouble and anyway, I don't know what the issue is, and I don't know how many homeless people wouldn't do better under structure in some kind of ward. Anyway, that's all. So what were you guys saying? <laughs> yeah. So what's I'm the order? Give that. us the order. Do you just give us the order so I can go home and watch one of these movies in the wrong Wait, order. You've seen all of them already? I've though? seen them all all mixed up. I don't know what's what. I don't know what I've watched and not watched because okay, well, there's so like 30 start with fucking Iron Man movies. One. Dude, oh really? Beckham, how crazy is this that you just moved into a place with a like... guy? His favorite thing in the world is to like show people films that he. Do loves. I need to watch Iron Man one again? What was that? Do I need to watch Iron Man one again? No, no, no. If you've seen it, you don't need to. So, c- can you just list the order for everyone on the podcast too? Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to look at your phone and. Yeah, I would. I would need to like look here, at my just, phone. Just, just, you're gonna, you're gonna be required to list the order. Do you have in, the list in the next in 10 notes, just as but, standard? Um, before he, he's gonna get are that you, together. Sam, are you able to watch sci-fi? Yeah. Some people aren't. Yeah. Okay. No, absolutely. I, I just, it's the same for me. Like I, I for all genre, and I'm sure there are movie buffs out there who would disagree with this statement. But for me, all genre is window dressing and costume on human drama. So as long as the human drama works and is in place, I'll go down any road of genre. I shouldn't say sci-fi, but superheroes yeah, yeah. in it general. Matter. It's like music. I don't care what it is. If it's a good song, right? It's a tell good me a great song. story. I don't give a fuck Remember, what anyone's you wearing. Know, you know Skrillex? Yeah. 
Like, dude, he fucking the, he, the, he the way his shit sounds is insane. But have you heard like Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites? No. This song like came out and it's just fucking like it's insane. The product, it's like wow. The drop is just so crazy. The production was like it was like heavy metal times a million you know what i'm saying the aggression and the fucking it was a sound no one really had heard before he kind of took dubstep to the next level but this the melodies because he was a songwriter and he was in this hardcore band and he can sing and he took his voice he sang this melody and he a lot of his stuff it's just like a good example of like it doesn't matter and he always talks about this he's like it's not about the the genre or how it sounds or it's like, is there a song? And I was just listening to Ronnie Radke. We interviewed him last night or two days ago. Troy did. And he was playing me some of the interviews. Wait, finish so. your points. What's the point? Well, he's a great song. It's just a song. It's about the song. It's about the story. It's, it's just, it doesn't well, matter. It's the same as like when someone says like, what kind of music are you into? And it's like, yeah, I'm into being told a great story no matter what. I don't, yeah. Like I'm into all things as long as I'm being told yeah. a great story. I think music is a little bit, different i think just because the melody can be enough yeah but have you ever met one me? have you met, ever met a person who only listens to one kind of music no no i right. mean you know but the point i'm making is just that like it doesn't matter how it sounds although i think skrillex was able to access like a whole oh you mean like genre how it sounds? yeah like oh, like yeah oh, like whether it's okay. uh, yeah because the first time i was ever exposed to him he brought a reggae guy up to yeah, perform yeah, with yeah, him yeah, Damn, yeah, yeah. so yeah. badass yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get tased for this, but. Well, then don't play it. I don't want to get tased. You don't get tased. Yeah, I don't want to get tased. I remember being in middle school and like, you know, this is so funny. When I heard this, like my life, I wanted to quit producing. But then we just tried to step up our own production and he influenced everyone. Like there are people like stage diving and moshing and it's like, is it dance? Is it electro? Is it metal? Like, what is it? It's just mm. a fucking good melody. And it's just like, this fool locked himself in his room. He was like screamo. He was in like a screamo hardcore band singing and From writing first to songs. Last. Yeah. And then like, he just like locked himself in his fucking, not even his room. I think he lived on like the floor in his friend's basement or something and like learned how to fucking take this shit to a whole new level. Damn. Pretty inspiring. I have the list. But I mean, like, his story definitely inspired me. Everything in our lives inspires us in some way, but I think, you know, him pushing the limits and, and like it definitely inspired me to push my limits. And, you know, even like 6ix9ine and like just different artists like going so far. Like 6ix9ine, you, you know, 6ix9ine is the guy with all the tattoos on his face with the colored rainbow hair who's like oh, went yeah, to jail yeah. and then he got out of jail and everyone hates him and they don't know what to think but I'm no one can stop watching him. him. <laughs> like, and he like, he like ratted on the bloods and it's just this crazy story. It's like, and even Trump, like that, like that extreme, it's like 
you know, that's, I applied that to my life and I started posting shit that was like extreme, like in, in this way, like I'm having this very, like my wife, me and my wife are like crying. Like we're having this really vulnerable moment and I'm like, okay, this is a post. When, when no, when the last thing anybody in their right mind would ever think to do is film this and post it, like I'm like, that's what I need to be doing, because these other people right. are like taking whatever it is that they're doing as far as they can. Yeah. And I also, it's also why I love like you know Harmony Korine, you know the movie Kids. Yeah. Larry Clark. Yeah, yeah. Like Harmony Korine wrote Kids when he was like 17 because he was in the shit. And when that came out, I remember like thinking, this is like so, uh, you know, they were showing kids doing drugs and having sex and beating each other. It was so NC-17. It was just such a gnarly movie, but I felt like I could really relate to it as a bad kid. And that guy's always been like something that I've always that was part of like what this whole learning to lose movie is this learning to lose this movie. I want it to be like, and this might sound crazy to some people, but I would really like to actually go into a real house where kids are actually like shooting dope and like figure out a way to like get, I don't know. I just want to like capture something real and like raw and like it's never been seen before. Cause there are kids. Yeah, I wanted to send my, my step, my stepdad's kid. But he's like, no, I don't want any of this on film. Because so, kids are going to do that anyway. And I'm thinking if I can come in there and like I mean, make some sort so of art about it, pitiful. but also oh, talk man. about recovery. And, 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 and I don't know, maybe I can influence them in a positive way. But I just think if you want to reach the people that are in that shit, you need to like show them that shit. And they need to not think it's corny or fake. And I feel like Euphoria is kind of doing that. But I also think it's kind of... I mean, Euphoria is not like, I don't know. To me, it's not as edgy and raw as like I would want to have it be. Do you know what I mean? It's pretty, I mean, they, this is pretty like, they have some Yeah, ODs. but there's also a lot of Because Euphoria is, Euphoria is great yeah. until you hold it up against the idea of Pat going into a crack right. house. That's what I want. Right. I want to go, I want to go <laughs> Suddenly it sounds so like a far. Disney show. Like, it's like, like heaven knows what. Gummo? No. It's another Harmony Korine film where he went to like Louisiana and filmed like just dude, just the trailer. You he could took do these, that. Pat. He took these. What? You could do that. Well, no, I want to do it. It's just. I mean, you could just go to a crack house. Say, look, I'll give you this amount of money. I'll blur out your faces. No, but there would be there would need to be a a, a main actor who would be in that situation, and we'd have to figure out a way to like improv it and like. Have well, it you fit could get to the know the locals in this house <laughs> over time. I mean, you could do it. I think it'd be pretty amazing to show the just show it real. Yeah, but I don't want to just do a documentary. I want to make like a narrative with like real characters. It just would be tricky. Well, then it's not real. You, you it's acting. I mean, some of the characters would be also real. the amount of time that you're talking about ingratiating yourself into that situation sounds a little bit like about you know the hangout at the barber shop long enough you're gonna get a haircut. Yeah, but I you mean, I, I'm not. I'm That's, not. I understand, yeah. but like. Just sounds like dancing with the lion a little bit. Well, that's what I do. Right. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. I, I don't Brought know. it back to Point Break, bro. Wait, what about <laughs> Point Break? The best movie ever made. What are you talking about? Wow. Is it? I but gotta wait, watch how, it. It's wait, been wait, so how long. How did it go back to that? Oh, that's, that's a line that's from the movie. Keanu. It's not oh, tragic to say? die doing what you love. Oh, wait, wait. So who said that? 
when they're talking about either dying. I think they're talking about surfing big waves. P- 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 Patrick Swayze said it. Yeah, he went one into of his the boys storm. Says that, yeah, yeah, Was yeah the fifty Jesse? years storm. Yeah, the yeah one of the the the, the fifty years storm. Wow, it's not tragic. And to you die, don't know to, for to sure that he up. died, too. That's kind of cool, right. too. Like, you don't know 100%. So, wait, what did he say? It's not tragic if you die it's doing... It's not tragic to die doing what you love. Mm. Oh, because he liked him, huh? But you do know he dies because because the best line of the movie, when, when the cops are like, well, get him when he comes back in. And then Keanu Reeves oh, is walking yeah. away, and he goes... He's not coming back. Right. And then you see this like five billion tons of water. Bro, I can't them. wait to watch that again. Yes, I can't wait to watch it on your 85-inch screen upstairs, which actually makes me dizzy when I look at it, but I love it. Doesn't it doesn't bother you that these here. movies are... the same size, but it's in a smaller, right. more comfortable it, The situation. datedness doesn't bother you at all? No, <laughs> because I'm immediately 12 again. Plus you have uh, Ke- Keanu Reeves, or plus you have... Uh, um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What makes Keanu so good? Because he doesn't say a lot. He he's kind of no, no, corny, so I, but not really. Say is plus you have Anthony Kiedis, right? Saying that would be a waste of time. Oh my god, dude! When you first said, when you just first reacted to me, I thought you were not gonna say that's yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe you just quoted him. I wouldn't be able to come up right. with a quote. Then, also, War Child is like a real... Then War Child says, which is going to fuck you up. That would be a waste of time. You haven't seen Point Break? I have. I mean... The original. Well, this is because Keanu Reeves... Sequel. He's just fucking great. And it's Swayze at his prime. I think the question would... I think a better question would be, why is he not great? Why isn't he... Why, ba- why isn't he being given Oscars? Right. Well, I... Because he's... <laughs> I, mean, I don't I, know that he's, like, the best, like, Genuinely, actor. that was a joke. Well, that's the thing, is, is he's not... He, that's what I'm asking. He's not the best no, actor, but but there's just something about him, and I don't know what... He's I'm, perfectly I'm, cast in those roles, though. And I'll also say that I don't think... I, I don't know that I can think of an actor, a great actor, who's not a great character with it when they're not acting. I mean, you think about... You can't be a good actor unless you're... Okay. Have you met him? N- Nicolas Cage, Tom Cruise, Oh, you mean Anthony someone Hopkins, who kind of almost a character um, Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. They're all Denzel Washington. When you see them talk in real life, you're like, fuck, dude. This is like a guy with a like lot of character, yeah, yeah. with a right. deep, even Tom Cruise. I mean, some people don't understand how insane and amazing and how he's just, not even like I, I've said, I've, I know people who met him and they're like, if you meet him, you become the whole, the only person in the world he's talking to. Yeah. And you feel like as big of a star yeah, as him. Yeah, cause hey, that's what he does to people. And when you watch these people do interviews, you're just like, but it's just like you can also anybody can go do rewatch Rain Man. That dude is a fucking incredible actor. He's wildly overlooked based oh on one weird interview with Tom Oprah Cruise. and you know oh. the whole Scientology thing. Not that cool, but oh, like no, Tom Cruise is great. No, cocktails, like, fucking cocktails, a movie we should watch. Here. He's never been in a actually bad that'd movie. be a weird movie to watch and save living. But I don't think he's ever been in a bad movie. No, he's always entertaining. Like I don't think of him as being someone who I would put. And yet, every time I see him in a movie, I enjoy it. What about mm-hmm. Magnolia? Great. Dude, what about Paul but the Mission Thomas Impossible, Mission Impossible yeah, um, yeah. franchise? But Ma- but Magnolia, all great. I think that's 
Do you remember the scene where he's crying to his dad? Yeah. Oh my God, bro. Paul you, Thomas Anderson. You, you, I mean, like we could fan? do a whole weekend of Daddy Issues movies. But I, I, I'm not even necessarily referencing it. Watch like the way issues. way back as immediately as possible. I, I will, but but are you a fan of like directors or like yeah. like Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, have you seen all of his films? I don't know off the top of my head. Like there, there, you know, there will be blood and yeah. punch drunk love and, um, I mean there will or. You know, I mean, I, 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 and... I really appreciate directors who, who have a, 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 a visible kind of like fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but bro, with him, it's like Boogie Nights. There will be blood. They're so different. Punch Drunk Love. He took Adam's. He was the first to really show Adam Sandler before the Safdie brothers to really show Adam Sandler as like an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson. Have you seen Punch Drunk Love? Dude, come on, bro. I, I was okay. I remember, but do you know Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah. So I, I remember I was trying to watch Boogie Nights once when I was on a job, and like I remember thinking about like this is like super dark. Like this is yeah, but like, like in so a, good, that's so it, funny. But it's like but I couldn't it, stop watching. But in like a um, poppy, colorful yeah, way. It was so yeah. weird, and it's very, it was really very it was like a level. super distinct style. It's very high level. And and like once I wasn't eighteen and thinking I had basically gone to see a mainstream porno film. I realized like how incredibly smart and funny that movie is. Like yeah. when they do the when they do the preview for the kung fu movie in the middle of it, and they mm. sound just so fucking good. Yeah, and it has that like throwback thing too that Quentin does. But like, I just think Paul's like a. It also put it put Philip Seymour Hoffman on the pla on the map, and it's a great Mark Wahlberg, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays the guy who just wants no, to yeah, be him yeah, so yeah, yeah. badly. It's he like, tries to kiss him. Yeah. But he's bought the same sort of crap version of the car and like same outfit. And, you know uh, what? I, I think that speaking of actors, I think he, him and like Joaquin Phoenix might be like when, when you see them like talking and doing interviews, like they don't really resemble the characters they play because they're so good yeah. at being something else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like well, De Niro's fucking De Niro. I mean, except for in like Awakenings, but like Denzel's Denzel. Yeah. He just shows up and he's just Denzel. Joaquin's a shapeshifter. Yeah. It's kind of a yeah, I mean, uh, um, yeah, De Niro, Pacino's the same. Um, Spacey's the same. With the exception of like maybe Scarface. But most of Pacino's, films. yeah. But still, kind of that, like you know, what's really yeah. interesting is like I think I think um, Pacino is a great gangster, and I think De Niro is a great gangster. But when you put them on screen together, as we saw in um, Irishman. The Irishman, you realize that like what Pacino does almost looks like a caricature of himself mm. when he's put up against. Because De Niro's thing is to kind of keep it all inside. Right. Very kind of like simmering below the surface, but uh -huh. you wouldn't want to fuck with him. Whereas Pacino's thing is just to be as loud as yeah, possible yeah, and be yeah. like all in the throat and the head. Yeah. Whereas it's that thing of like chest voice Ooh, versus ah. head. Yeah, head voice. Right, but that's uh, it. Have you seen Son of a Woman? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that was a good one. He's like, a great, great, great actor, but when he's put up against Pesci and De Niro... <laughs> It kind of like it, it didn't work for me because wow, it's like yeah. there's a reason they but people got saying like when are they going to put them back on screen together? It's like but they don't belong on screen together. But in Heat, yeah, that one great scene. I, I like Heat a lot. Well, yeah, but you know what's funny is they're only in 
they're only together. Yeah, they're barely scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that scene is pretty fucking remarkable. I mean, yeah. the movie's insane. Michael Mann. He, I like role. him in Jackie Brown. I love, love De Niro's character in Jackie. I think that's his he, best role. He's like it's like this subtle. It's, it, I don't know. It's, Awakening. It's nothing like he's ever. Is his best role. He plays um um mentally challenged like like dude De Niro like did that and he did right. it well. But I think and that, actually Pacino's best role is when he's not doing that in Donnie Brasco. Mm. I think. I think it's I, I most. Think I think woman, it's most human I performance. Is... Yeah, I, it's a great performance, but he's right. doing Pacino. He's doing the Pacino yeah, thing of like the loud like to the extreme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's where he actually invented. It. I mean, because like mm-hmm. for years after that was the standard impression was the hua. Yeah, but um, there's a scene where someone just fucking lays into him at the dinner table you're just a fucking he's just like who ah like because he knows oh god yeah when it just makes you want to chris uh chris whatever is uh chris o'donnell's yeah but i think it's chris o'donnell oh chris o'donnell says it to him yeah he finally no no no. i think it was his i think it was when they went to visit his family right and his uncle or his 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 brother-in-law or whoever someone loses it goes this is what you are you fucking old miserable fuck and he's just like at the end of it yeah yeah it's painful it's such a good movie bro he's he's watching the godfather for the first time with me i finished it the other day it's slow it's a slow it's a tough watch but that's how movies were back then but yeah but it's like and i'm watching it with him and i know him he's a young millennial Iron Man, Gen Z, fucking Gen Z. Like he's just, you know, it's like, I, did you like it? Yeah, I did. I like old movies, but not as much as you got to really work for it. Yeah. Not even like close to Tenet. Dude, this fucking guy watched Tenet 10 times. Seven. That's the Christopher Nolan's new film. Yeah. Someone recommended that to me tonight. I feel like you would enjoy it. You know, as a writer, you might actually know what's going on. Well, this yeah, is my problem maybe. with Nolan films, though, is I don't want to watch a film where at the end you want me to decide what the fucking thing means. Like, tell me what it means. Wrap it up. Tell me right. the fucking story. Right. Don't leave me with a whole... I don't want to have to get on a forum with Dungeons & Dragons players to figure out the end. But maybe that's why he's the filmmaker for the new, the young generation. Of maybe. Kid. Like, the, what, tell him what you think. I think he, he's like... It's not even about... We were talking about the other day how he's like pushing the envelope and Pat said he's not pushing it. He's just grabbing it and just fucking throwing it. But like, yeah, I'm crazy enough to watch maybe one of the greatest directors alive throw it. I want, I would rather see him throw it at least once than just watch someone just barely push it every once in a while. And like, totally, I think Tenet is more experiential. Like you were saying, like you said, when you want to, you want to go on an experience, right? Did you like Interstellar? I loved it. He loves every mm. Christopher Nolan film. Okay. Um, and Why you didn't? Yeah. yeah I, I, I like all his films, but like, I want to love them, but I'm not. I think it's got some I, great I moments in it. I don't end up at that place of like, I love this guy. I think he's a really, really amazing magician. Right. Whoa. That's what I think like every fucking movie I watch by him. Cause he's like, what you think about what? I think about that he is a magician. Forgive like me, every I always time get I watch him confused. Because did he make the prestige or the yeah, illusion? He did. Yeah, <laughs> he the prestige. Fucking yeah. hates the prestige. No, no, I don't hate the prestige. I, I don't know why you keep saying that. I just think that there are things about it that don't add up and they don't make sense. And it's just, you're just believing what he's giving you because it's this insane music and it's just like this epic shots and it's like, 
you just believe it, which is cool, but like there's no reason why they had to swap lives. It's just like this come on. Right. Well, I I, I don't I want to finish understanding Tenet before I completely figure out Prestige. So once I get to Prestige, how many right, times yeah. have you watched Tenet? Seven. And you still don't fully understand it? Um, I'm getting there. <laughs> you crazy. think I'm gonna enjoy it? <laughs> well, I've en- I've enjoyed it every single time. That the enjoyment's never been a question. I, I will. Okay. I can honestly say that it was like a struggle for me to enjoy it the first time I watched it in the theater. <laughs> it's because it's so, it's like it's like Noah put it to he. The There's concept four is, Robert Pattinsons. In the last scene, that's a lot of. It's, it, it's not. It's not. They're a, in the, in it's the not a plot-driven movie. It's not a character-driven movie. It's what the it's fuck a, is driving it then? It's a conceptual-driven movie. Oh Jesus, I'm already out. Yeah. yeah well no, then, no, well he, then, don't watch it. But no, like, no, no, you can look. Sam is a story. Like he the brought, way no, way here's back the thing. story is, is the marriage of plot and character, which is why I keep telling Wickham. Imagine if right, but story, Nolan, but film isn't. Film isn't story though. Like story is like literature. Like film is film. You know what I mean? And like Nolan is like separating it from its ties to other art forms, and he's just like, film mm, is film. That's interesting. And he might like, well because we rely on we rely, right? on we rely on we rely on like theater. Can we you rely on kids twenty fucking. We rely on writing. Twenty four. We rely on music. That's we rely on, on and then we rely on photography. <laughs> And then we also were like, we were relying on everything else to make this thing. But Nolan's like, no, 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 no. This is just the camera. And like, they ask him why, like the movie's about, it, it explores, like it reverses the entropy of an object, right? Which is like, entropy is the theory that when like the big bang happened, right? Like everything's just like expanding. Like right now we're just expanding really fast. He would like Tenet and you and should then, explain it to me. And then sorry. like one, the theory is, this is like real science, that one day the universe is going to stop and it's going to sink back into itself, reverse entropy. So Nolan's exploring that in a movie. Like he's he's like visualizing things that people have never seen before. Like, for example, the concept of seeing someone move backwards through time, nobody knew what that looked like until cameras were invented. Because the camera gave us the ability to experience what time backwards would be like. And, and, and like, and, that's and, what he's doing in Tenet. He's, well, giving, he has, he's showing us this, like, he's like showing us like hard physics about like what actual time travel would be like and the consequences of it, how we would interact with it. It's like, it's hard sci-fi is like what it's called. No, like, instead yeah. of building like, like a, like a, like a, like a star Wars world, you're building like a really specific world with mechanics that you've like thought out. Okay, that to, like, I'll serve watch. the story. I respect that, him. Yeah. Yeah. I just respect him as a filmmaker because he's really pushing the envelope and he's trying to, there are people acting backward. I mean, they have fight scenes where it's, where one person's in reverse. Yeah. And one person's going forward through time. So, 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 so the punch, the impact of the punch is like, and they're acting. And there's no CGI or green screen. Well, there's a little bit of CGI, but there's no green screen. Does that make sense? Aren't they just reversing forward mode? No, they're not. And you can tell they they built custom, like IMAX cameras can't shoot backwards. They had to like build the cameras to shoot them. No, and I also believe he would consider that to be no point in just reversing film. If he's he's not doing it the right way. He has to do it all like the right way. Billy, there's a microphone. <laughs> I know, but I'm eating an He's apple. Just like but what, while you swallow your apple, I do just want to say you've sold me on watching the film, but you haven't sold me on the separation between film and story. Story is story is story. Film is one of the ways in which we tell stories. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether you're Nolan or anyone else, you don't get to say, I guess I'm I, not telling a story. I guess he's leaning on photography 
more right. than literature. But, but even as a form of telling story. Which, but yeah, like so I've always liked, I've I experience things through photography, not literature. Like right. I, I'm not like a huge reader. Like I love like Catcher in the Rye or something 100% like that. 100% understand that. But like I grew up on the internet with Facebook and iPhones and like images. Like that's how I learn things. I don't need to be told things anymore. Like I want to watch things. But you, but you would, would you not agree that there were, there, you were attached to the narrative within Tenet? No, Whatever journey, actually, like, but did it not go? I'm not on like into the narrative that much. What? What are you into? Well, the experience. Like when I'm watching the opera scene and like the music of Ludwig van Gorsen, the guy who did uh, Black Panther and mm-hmm. Mandalorian. It's like, when have you ever seen that he color? And here's what's crazy: is like you watch that movie. Remember, I was watching your house. Everybody, nobody could take their eyes off of it, but Whoa. nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Bro, I looked over and you were the only one watching it towards the end. Uh, and that's Oz was with me the whole Wait, time. Wait, when did you go to the theater? And it was supposed to be with Last Oz. Night. Ryan and them were just they doing were open? Their own thing. No, 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 at my house. Okay. But we, we drove two hours to see it like about a month ago when it came out because I didn't want to see it at home because this guy's. I mean, this what fucking. What theater was open two months ago? This is my far, question. Far, bro. There was one? Somewhere in. I, fucking, found, I, I found one because I watched it in, in like, IMAX three times. In IMAX. You found an IMAX, was it? Well, because he lives in Long Beach, or he did, till he just moved in with Billy. Is everything open down there? Like, no one gives a No, fuck. it's Orange County is where they're open. Santa Ana. Like, I found this, like, little area of Santa Ana that's just, where like, Where there was complete open. deniers of yeah. 2020. Yeah. Well, 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 no, it was before the re-quarantine thing. I don't know. People from England are always like, how's the lockdown? I'm like, what lockdown? We're not in lockdown. Like, <laughs> right. People say to me, like, how do you see your daughter? I'm like, I'd get in the car and go to the house. There was like a mandatory thing, no, no eating outside in restaurants. But no, then no. there was eating outside in restaurants, which it was before like it really got gnarly and there was yeah. this theater was open and we went and saw it in the theater because <clears> Christopher <throat> Nolan like sacrificed so much to be able to release this and that's the other thing is this he respects the art form like so much and like he's in this really unique position where like a lot of people are in where like someone really talented is actually given the resources they deserve yeah like nobody has that on his life. I mean, it's just I just think he just comes down to preference at the end of the well, day. And I'm I'm more with you as far as like wanting like what no, I, no, I can what, also incidentally dig something that is all about style and, and an experience of the style and the form and the visual aspect and the and, audio. And I think there's there's a there's like a weird connection between tenant and like modern rap music. Because like uh, rap music like went from like the '90s of being this like lyrical storytelling rhymes blo- wordsmiths poets right to like these drugged out dudes with this like psychedelic music production. It's because like, and I always thought that was an excuse to make ignorant music, right? Like I don't need to learn how to write if I'm just like fucked up, right? But after a while i'm starting to see that like when i listen to like travis scott for example like i feel high i feel like i'm on acid when i when i took acid all i wanted to do was watch tenant and listen to travis scott because there's there's i don't i don't learn anything from travis he's not like he's not like eminem or like he's not fucking william shakespeare like using words in this way he's like done with words like why does music have to be about words if it's never been about words, it's always been about the music. 
right? And it's like the experience is like a different. No, words are important too, but the like liking something because it's just an experience is like a whole other thing. Like that's tenet is the same no, way. I, like I, what it's I was going to say is that I'm okay with that if it's what I sign up for. If I sign up for a narrative and I want to get taken on right, a journey yeah. and then I get shown like a yeah. And here's the other thing. Color it's, palette. It's, um, it's not like he doesn't know how to write characters because you could tell it's intentional because the name of the main character is the protagonist. Okay. That's almost like me, him being like, this is just literally just the good guy. Right, like right. just, that's all you need to know about him. Yeah. And people are like, I don't really care about his motivations and like all this. And I'm like, like if he took the time to flesh out the motivations of like Robert Pattinson's character, well, yeah, he actually does flesh out his motivation. But if he took the time to flesh out everyone's motivation, he wouldn't have time to do the time shit. Like you have to, like you have two and a half hours. Like you can't do both, you know. And like mm-hmm. I respect him for making that bold move, being like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna like depart from this." And I bet you, so many people talk so much shit. And he was like, "I'm gonna focus on an experience." Well, Can I respect I the alacrity with which you've just delivered your speech, yes. and I'm therefore gonna watch the film. What does alacrity mean? I find this really interesting. Can I ask? Commitment and dedication to great work. Can I ask? I want to bring up something (laughs) here. I'm trying to get a word in here. I've got to wrap this out. Okay. Let me just say this and then we can all go. So what I find really interesting here is, has Tenet done well? No. Because it came out during COVID in theaters. And okay. But I mean, it so, would have done well. But what's so interesting, it's almost like maybe we're witnessing evolution. Because he's Gen Z. And maybe it's an art form new that appeals to kids who grew up with internet. Like you're talking about the rap and the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would like it because I want character. Right. But you love it. And I find that very interesting because you genuinely love it. It's maybe like cinema, like you said, just for cinema. It's interesting, very interesting, because, you know, uh, society evolves, right? Yeah. Uh, And maybe this, the computer is only so old and the internet is only so old, this might be the birth of something new that yes, we don't dude because because like right now there's a movement called like crypto art which is like if you look at like old movements of like expressionism and then realism like when it was realism the best paint the best painter was the one who could make the vase look like a real fucking vase and then expressionism came where it was like let's make it like feel like make someone feel something like make the vase make someone feel something it doesn't have to be a real vase it could be this impossible physics and like and people thought that was stupid because it wasn't real because society decided that that good paintings were only good if they looked real it wasn't until after the expressionist movement people were like oh expressionism is what's there's also art and right now there's like a digital art revolution of like digital artists like not being like taken seriously because it's like you think of like a beret and a fucking paintbrush when you think artists you don't think of like like this kid like typing on a keyboard but like i do now because that is what artists do now like that's what the music producer artists do now that's what the movie artists do now that's what the photographers do now we're all using computers and right now there's this new movement called crypto art 
right? It is based on the concept that you cannot comp you cannot duplicate a Bitcoin because if you could, the whole currency would be worthless, right? So how is a Bitcoin not duplicatable? It's a digital thing. It's a technology called NFT, which allows a digital asset to not be duplicated, right? And what that means for digital artists is that we could finally get the money and appreciation that normal artists have gotten for years. If I bought, there is one real Monet and that real Monet is worth 12 million, whatever the fuck, right? But like if he makes a song and puts it on SoundCloud, everybody can download it and everybody has it and nobody knows what the real thing is. But with this NFT Bitcoin technology, they're able to make a work of art just like a baseball card, one of a kind. And so like, this is just happening. So like, we're just figuring out how to legitimize digital art in the art world. And like, I think you're like, you're actually on like the exact right track of what's happening right now. We're in the middle of that, of art and technology. This guy's making art. But it's almost in blender that he's going to sell. It's just really weird. It's, it's so crazy, dude. But it's interesting. It's almost like you have to be bred for it. If you have to it. go, just go. I just need to stand up. Oh, okay, no cool. But I mean, yeah, if you, if you need to leave, just leave. You're fine. We're about to wrap it up anyways. Okay. Yeah, have a cigarette in the garage. What were you going to say? It's almost though maybe like you, you have to, to appreciate it, you have to be Gen Z. Like we're gonna not yeah, feel man. the same that's as the they do. About it is I don't. I, I don't like, think. I don't think that's true. I think, no. I think like no, anybody with an open mind, Wickham, like you can, cannot say that unless you can appreciate what we fuck with. Yeah, I you, do. You, no, you can't. Not the same way. The you have passion way. for this. You, you appreciate it. It's not the same. Right. Like I'm gonna show you some shit, and you're just not. Yeah, like why it's can't like, it? Why can't weird. an old movie make me obsess like Tenet? Like that's so weird. Yeah, like, like I, I could why. watch. The like Godfather. I know Godfather is an objectively like a fucking good movie. But, but like, wait a minute, I don't know why I'm not obsessed. Yeah, with it. You I, like? Well, I that's because it's a boring movie. Yeah, but you like weird. Infinity War? Yeah, love it. And I like it. So there no, is no, no, a no, but not the way. It's just not the same. It's like I think maybe there are certain things that might cross over, but like just in general, it's like there is something about like time yeah like my daughter she makes animation and all this stuff it's cool but she is maybe not even gen z i don't know what she is but <laughs> they're five, different seven. they're different because they grew up yeah it's with a, a whole different set of influences not the shitty computers and... we grew up with they grew up in like the kapow of like immersement in yeah. digital world yeah like you can't and even his fucking and... pink hair makes me think like I That's like, a super Gen Z thing too. Is like I like it actually. It's good thanks. on you. Um, whatever. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm done. It's very interesting though. Yeah. We should watch Tenet. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <Don't>. Maybe. <laughs> but you have to buy it. I can't.